Trump is a mighty man, running this country the best that he can. The media swarms and the networks lie, but he doesn't flinch, he's a fearless guy. Get out the way, old man Schumer, get out the way, stubborn Nancy. Get out the way, all you haters, Trump's Trump on turn a roll, and he's gonna make greater. President Trump is a mighty man, draining the swamp as best that he can. Let's round them up, one by one, save our country, get her done. Get out the way, old man Schumer, get out the way, stubborn Nancy, get out the way. All you haters, Trump's on a roll and it's gonna get greater. Well, thank you for tuning in to Street Fight Radio. It's just some of the uh, free entertainment available on Facebook.com. Uh, we found on some of our sites it seems to be rallying the real patriots in this country. That's the type of music they all listen to 24-7. President Trump is a mighty man. That's that's going to be their beach vacation hit. Mighty. No, my headphones. Mighty man. He is a might. They look at him and they see... A mighty man, Brett. Sure. He's not a sack of potatoes at all. Mighty. Uh, can we talk? Let's just start the show by just, I know this is a hack subject, but I have heard of what he his McDonald's order is. Have you ever heard his McDonald's order? No. Okay. I got to get you his McDonald's order because then you'll be like, President Trump is a mighty man. <laughs> That's He has a mighty meal. <laughs> the boy has a, he's a hungry, hungry boy. <laughs> I'm getting it right now. Okay, well, thank you for tuning in to Street Fight Radio. Uh, this is rec- uh, going broadcasting live on WCRS FM. Also available online at WCRSFM.org. We are downtown in Columbus, Ohio, in the Free Press Studios. This is your first time listening to Street Fight Radio. The call-in shows are very long. May not be the best one to listen to your first time. Uh, the, the either the show before this or the show after it will be one of our basement shows where it's Brian and I doing a professional level comedy for absolutely free on your iTunes feed every single week. Call-in shows are a, a bit different, but uh, they make the time at work go by so much faster. So I hope you're ready to join along in the party uh, as we continue along. My name is Brett Payne. My coach is Brian Quinby. Let's hear that McDonald's order. All right, I'm, I'm getting it here. It looks to me like okay, if POTUS had showed uh, so his his on Trump Force One there were four major food groups: McDonald's, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Pizza, and Diet Coke. Oh man, the internet is a cesspool of ads. Um, and uh, so he he basically it's a man. Where is why don't they just type the damn menu? Okay, you so have to click through like a gallery of pictures or something. Well, yeah. So what it is is four big, three Big Macs. Wow. A fillet of fish. Wow. Large fry. Wow. Shake. Large shake. Is that once a day? That is his. That's his McDonald's. It's like check it. I need you to go run get me some McDonald's. <laughs> that sounds like doing all the, all the um, meals at once though, right? I don't know. Maybe you know. I, here's the thing about. And I'm not I'm I'm not like trying to get on food shaming or whatever like that. But my feeling is like I live in the White House. I can get a chef make me. That is the time where I lose all my weight. Right. Like if you have a person that is dedicated to making your food, you just say, make me the food that will make me healthy. And that's it. Right. Just give me. Keep me fit. Yeah. Make me a fucking like Terminator. 
like a my body just eats this food and then it comes out and I'm a weightlifter. I want the how not to die diet. <laughs> That's exact. The reason I'm dying from food is because I and con- you're in control. Yeah, because you get to pick what you like. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. And like, it's like we're going out to eat. What do you guys want? And it's like cheeseburger. I want a cheeseburger, but that's what I want. That's not what I should have. You know, I shouldn't have four Big Macs. I could eat four Big Macs, Brett. The Big Mac guy, um, he ate that many a day, right? There's a guy that's had a Big Mac every single day for like fifty some years, right? Some rock like Roy Orbison lookalike guy. Three, though he ate them as the meals for his day. Ah. Okay, here's the two Big Macs, two fillet of fish, and a chocolate shake, and the uh, the calori- caloric intake for him is two thousand six hundred and seventy-two calories for a dinner. That's how much he eats for a dinner, and you know he's sedentary as hell. I remember when they showed all those world leaders walking in like France, and he was next to him on a rascal. <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> he was like, I ain't, I ain't walking. Uh, yeah, not gonna do that. I'm a. I gotta. I have to. I have to put out there how much of a powerful and mighty man I am. They can't see me walking. Mighty men don't walk, Brett. Right. I'm gonna hold that back. I'm not gonna let them see how strong my stride is just yet. Oh, he's what a mess. What a mighty man. You know what the thing is? That is more like people would be like, "Oh, that's so American." What he's eating. Nobody eats that much. Nobody eats two Big Macs and two fillet of fish and at dinner. That, when we were in Asheville, we were at a McDonald's late night. Those carpenter guys were, like, getting off work at 4 in the morning. I think that guy ordered three sandwiches. No fries, though. But, dude, if you're a carpenter. That's true. It's so much different yeah. than president. You know what I mean? Right. Like, than, I, like, yeah, loafing on your ass. You're, like, eight hours. Like, poor, I think those were road workers, right? They were, like, they looked like they were doing asphalt or something like that. It's, like, if you're doing asphalt all day, eat three Big Macs, man. I ain't going to yell at you for that ever. Never. But if you're like me, you just, I mean, I used to Have go, one. yeah, and like, I'm going to tell you, when I was really thin, right, at the beginning of my adulthood, I went through this really weird depression at one point, right before my do- right before Katie got pregnant, I went through this really weird profession where I was still popping a lot of pills, and uh, I would get off work every day, and my dinner was a 12-inch... A spicy italian sub from subway and also a six inch meatball sub and also doritos and three cookies and that was probably the height of of like you know this you're just that's a lot you know and second let me just say spicy italian kick up the spice a little bit there's never enough (laughs) i mean but it was like it was like uh that was probably the height like there was maybe a time where they did the two big macs for they used to, when I was a kid, this makes me sound, this is going to make me sound older than anything we've ever done on the show. Two Big Macs for $2 they used to do. And I used to get two Big Macs and a or, order of fries. But I was also 17 and I was just, like, I burned calories just sitting in a chair, you know? Yeah, that's when they, when they got real into the, like, you could go all the way up to four patties when I was a teen. And it was like, oh, yeah, I'll do a couple of those then. I'll have two <laughs> four-patty burgers. Yeah, I ate the Trump. I've been skateboarding all day and running away from managers. So what we're getting at is Donald Trump is a mighty – he has a mighty a appetite. Mighty, he has a mighty appetite. That's so true. <laughs> but I bet you he can't – I wish we could see how much he can bench press. They should make him. Do you think that me and you could be- – do you think that Brian Quinby 
of Street Fight Radio could bench press more than Donald Trump. I would hope, man. <laughs> I'm worried that you don't even know. <laughs> Do you think you can bench press oh, more than yeah. Donald Trump? Yeah. I know I can. Callers, if you're calling in tonight, let us know if you can bench press more than Donald Trump. I'm interested. What What do you think Donald Trump can bench press? I'm not very good at this. Uh, I think I can bench press 100 pounds. Now, I'm saying that having not bench pressed since I was a teenager, but knowing that I'm a, a mighty, I have like a fighting spirit and a soul that's like just a, I'm a strong person, you sure. know, in mentally and physically very strong person. I've never met something I couldn't lift. So okay. I think I can maybe 100 pounds. Is that respectable for a man of my age? No. What is respectable? I mean, you want to put over 200 pounds up, right? You can't trying- do that. I'm not saying I can, but I'm just saying I'm not going to b- run around bragging about 100 like it's impressive. <laughs> no. It's not. But do you? I think Donald Trump can do 40. Yeah. I, I mean, I put him in the 90-pound range. 90. Two 45 plates. Yeah. So if me and tr- Donald no Trump. He's soup can, dude. <laughs> he has to be working out with soup cans. He lifts the bar. Yeah. He's one of those guys that just does the bar. Do you think that if me and Donald Trump had a grappling competition in the prime of Donald Trump's life and then me now in the zenith of is it zenith? No, in the in the bottom of my life fitness. I that saw, I could grapple and beat him. I saw a mighty man picture of him. Cause you know how the way they fawn all over him? Yeah. <laughs> they found some like boys camp thing of him when he was in like a pair of burgundy gym shorts with like a gold t-shirt that had a panther on it or something you know some sc- okay some like jockish shit you are you he looked that's a facebook that's a facebook area i'm not even in like the the sharing strong pictures of Donald Trump. <laughs> well i like that i do too that that is i like it because he's like i like strong jesus more than it than that but yeah trump is second i do like like the 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 like flattering pictures of presidents like because if you look at like pictures of like george washington stuff they did try to make him look regal and he probably looked like a lumpy piece of shit yeah <laughs> but, like they tried to at least make him look regal and now it's like if you want a picture of Do- like what do you- his the clownish costume man <laughs> the really long tie and the gigantic jacket and the schlubby pants and and, All well, of it and, is weird. I mean, and it's know, like this is well-worn territory. It's Donald Trump bashing. Well, yeah, and there's like, like they always are like people are shooting arrows at them and stuff like that. Like arrows that say like fake news and stuff. Like he's like ba- invincible, Donald I just, Trump. I don't know. In my mind, I couldn't get behind championing that guy as a mighty man. I couldn't imagine thinking that this guy's an example. I, that, I mean, that's what's got me to this point. That's what's been my whole thing the whole time was. I, this is un, it's still unreal. Is there any mighty politicians? I can't think of any. They're all schlubby to me. Really? Jesse Ventura, I guess, was our most mighty politician. Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was right. also one. He uh, those are the two guys, I think. There were no gunfighting presidents. Uh, oh, that guy, the the Roosevelt, the, the Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt, where they were like, he rode around on a horse and <laughs> he rode rhinos and shit. <laughs> Yeah. None of that stuff happened, dude. I always think about like all that, like when how they fawned over the president in high school. Now I like sit around and think about like how much of that was like really true. How, lore. What? It's lore. It is. It's very much lore. They're like Paul Bunyan. Right. Like it's just as true as Paul, but like Teddy Roosevelt wasn't in like leading the charge in anything, you know, and, and like somebody's going to get so mad at me now when I say this, but I bet you George Washington was in the back 
like when whenever they were coming to attack, George Washington was in the back. I used to work with this guy at Chuck E. Cheese, right? And he, when I first started working there, he was known as the hardest worker at Chuck E. Cheese. Okay, it was just like, dude, I'll we'll say his name was Kevin. I think his name was Kevin or Mark or something like that. And it was like, Mark, if if you worked half as hard as Mark, then you would be a manager at this Chuck E. Cheese. And uh, after I was there for like three or four months, everybody figured out his game. And his game was basically that he just walked really fast to everything and pointed. at like he was pointing at stuff. Like he wasn't doing anything. He was just walking. Acting like a hard worker. (laughs) Yeah. But it worked for like ever until somebody was like, check out, check out Kevin over there. Watch Kevin. And he did. He just didn't do. He didn't do a lick of work in eight hours. (laughs) And like, that's what I think of when they're like, George Washington went across the Delaware. And it's like, he he ain't have to like, you know, he didn't have to row or nothing like that. Oh God! So, sorry, historians who listen. Yeah, to this I don't want. I don't want to even have to deal with the emails on. Nobody stuff like is this. going. Nobody is going to stick up for George Washington that listens to Street Fight. I don't think. Yeah, I. Um, President Trump is a, a mighty, mighty man. man. <laughs> we'll be able to run in and out of that song all night. Let's get some calls in, man. Let's, let's see let's... who is on the line. Make sure they're set up so I can hear. They can hear us. Uh, thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey guys, this is Logan from Montana. Okay, w- quick question: Do you think you can bench press more than yeah. Donald Trump? <laughs> I think yes, obviously. <laughs> Do you think I can bench press I, I think, more than Donald Trump? Yeah, thank yeah, you. definitely, definitely. I I think every caller is going to hopefully have the same answer. I hope so. I hope so. Even like a really small person that weighs ninety pounds should feel confident in their in that kind of strength. He is three right. two Big Macs, two fillet of fish, and a milkshake. Yeah, man, but that's all calories. If you if you can turn that into yeah, muscle. I was gonna say maybe that gives them like Hulk strength. <laughs> I don't that probably gives them diarrhea more than anything. He's like a <laughs> Twisted, contorted job of the hut of muscle. Dude, he's rich. That's what I'm saying. Like, he has been rich his whole life, and that's what he eats. You know, I'm broke as hell, and I eat better than that. <laughs> I'm obsessed now. I'm obsessed with this guy's diet because these two idiots called him mighty. <laughs> so what's going on tonight? Oh, not a whole lot. I uh, first time calling in. I've been listening to you guys since uh, my buddy turned me on to you guys, like in November, and Ooh, uh, you times. woke up my inner anarchist. It's been uh, it's been quiet for a little bit, but I like have the tattoo, and it's been part of my belief system for a long time. But you know, it's so easy to get worn down, you I... know, by the everyday shit that you just forget. You know, you forget your inner radical. It happened to me too. I mean, it happens to me fairly often where i'm like hey, maybe maybe i'm not an maybe it's just more trouble to call myself an anarchist than it's worth but then it's like eh, it's better than anything else it's like a, at least nobody expects a ton out of <laughs> out of you once you say that they're kind of like oh the, the, he just likes to argue you know because that's i think <laughs> The first thing you learn when you like really are like I'm an anarchist is like it's, it's a lot of arguing. Really, it's mostly that. I mean, we like to organize, but we like to argue. 
So did you start, have you, have you been, what's going on in Montana? Is there like, is there like stuff going on there that you can organize? We want to go there really bad. I think that's one of the places. Michael Siebert's there. And, uh. Yeah. Yeah. You, you definitely want to come here. Um, I was going to Wobblies stuff when I was like 17 in high school. I had an anarchist high school teacher <laughs> who exposed like a whole bunch of us. So it's a very active town, uh, here in Missoula. There's um, but a it's lot kinda of like this one little yeah, it's like a little it's sort of like a little liberal dot, you know, in uh, a lot of surrounded by a lot of rural areas. So like there's a lot of libertarians out here too, but generally the the sentiment is anti-government. <laughs> but if, as an anarchist like Montana's one of those places that I look at and I'm like, well, I mean, if all the conservatives want to just live there and never have to see another human, then fine. Just you know, go to your land and do your thing. Like, am I wrong to think that, I mean, are they organized there? It seems like Montana, all the people I know that dream of moving to Montana are not people who want to be active in political movements. They're generally people who just want the world to go away, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty fair. It's, it's very much like, you know, I don't care what you do, just, you know, stay off my land. Yeah. <laughs> type of attitude. Yeah, I mean, there's they're um, they're probably they're probably like racist and stuff like that, but they're not like doing anything. You know, Montana's not going to turn blue, probably, but it doesn't matter what turns blue anyway. At this point, I think we've all agreed that the Democrats aren't going to do anything. But it's like, I I really feel like I romanticize a lot of the cowboy places, and and Montana's is it Montana's a cowboy place, right? <laughs> We've got uh, three three cows for every one human being. Do you do you know any cowboys? Uh oh yeah, I went to a cowboy high school. <laughs> nice, not were they? Were, yeah, yeah. It's that's a wild life. It's it's like it's something that like when you live up like where we live, it seems impossible that there are people still out there like doing cowboy stuff. But it, I mean, Brett lived in Texas, and he's like. He was like, "There's, I mean, there's cowboys here that do cowboy stuff." Boy, <laughs> well, Denver was that way yeah, too yeah, when, I mean, when I visited. It's a little less glamorous, you know, than it probably used to be. <laughs> but yeah, um, actually, the reason that I called in is because you know there's a caveat to the live and let live. We do have like some neo Nazis up here for sure. I mean, what's this Daily Storm dude lives in Whitefish up here? Oh, really? And, is it? Uh, is it? Is it like a neighborhood or is it a one person? Because like that would that's the kind of thing like when you're living in a place like that and and you have the kind of politics that we have or that you have, like that is something you probably have to worry about. A lot of times these Nazis will get in their head that they can take over a town and just move to a place like Wyoming or 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 Montana and just take over a whole town. And that that probably is a little makes you a little nervous. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I I live in a, a pretty safe haven. Like, uh, it was a college town. There's lots of socialists here, and like hippies in general, <laughs> and like lots of just different types of mindsets. But um, you know, there there are like there's been a big history of like KKK groups organizing and like you know starting their own town, basically. You know, and uh, or like whitefish have a lot of white supremacy going on. Calisto is really bad too. Um, but yeah, it's uh, 
some of the groups that are around here are like uh, you guys had somebody on last week talking about like the soldiers of Odin dude. And uh, we were told they are, are tough. Like, we were actually told they are very <laughs> tough. <laughs> After I said, "No, oh, what the soldiers of Odin come and get me," I was like, "Oh, uh oh." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, they haven't, like, I think that they're, they're keeping it quiet for the most part right now because there is, like, uh, I don't know, like, a, people aren't down for that kind of rocket, you know, for the most part in Montana. But I think that people, like, even just normal folks will give them trouble yeah, for I don't... trying to start shit like that, but... I don't know if people move to Montana at all. I mean, like like we were saying, they kind of want to be, it seems like, you know, some people that move out to the country there kind of want to be left alone. And that also means not getting swept up in some kind of a Nazi party or something like that. Like totally. people think that like rural areas are like really ready for like, for, for Nazis. But I, I really don't, I don't believe that. Cause I, I mean, the people I talk to, the the people I've known, they're not progressive, obviously. They're probably closer to Republicans, but they're also like, if you put a swastika on something, they would like wouldn't be cool with that, you know? They like it's not or SS. They're not cool with that stuff. It, it's it's really a, a, a nebulous kind of conservatism with those people more than anything. It's like the kind of conservatism that you could talk them in. You could probably talk them into socialism, really, fairly easily. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's interesting, too, because I think a lot of the, because um, I think a lot of the, like, crazy Odinists, like, uh, like the heathen uh, neo-Nazis are just, like, young people that are really wanting some kind of uh, cultural identity because we just don't have shit for that, you know? And, like, they're really, like, wanting to go back to some kind of, like, root. Um, and uh, I actually am part of a not-racist pagan group uh, here in Missoula, and uh, we're all about, you know, like, uh, Scandinavian ancestry, Germanic ancestry, like, there's lots of that are into the Celts and stuff like that. And, uh, we're kind of trying to be, like, an alternative, like, hey, if you're into that kind of stuff and, uh, you know, you are interested in, in, you know, learning more about that and kind of developing that culture, but you don't, you're not a racist asshole, <laughs> You know, come hang out with us. What's the group called? Uh, it's called the Hell's Gate, Hell's Gate Heathen Kindred. Oh, that's uh, a badass name. Hell Gate Valley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One L, one L. Hell is a uh, Norse goddess. Did you say you live in the Hellgate Valley? Yeah, yeah. Tight. I always wanted to live in. A, <laughs> I live in a place named after like probably the worst person in the history of the world so when somebody's like i live in hell michigan i'm like you lucky man i could live in columbus ohio which is basically hitler ohio i mean christopher columbus was terrible <laughs> so what do you guys what do you do like what 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 kind of do you do spells and stuff like that like listen this was something before pre uh kind of the us getting listeners I was kind of very close-minded to. I mean, Brett could probably tell you that I would make fun of, like, pagans and Wicca and stuff like that earlier. But I'm, like, kind of more open to it now because people I've met are, I mean, they're interesting. Uh, like, I guess, like, my question is because a lot of times with 
with paganism and, and and with magic and and things like that i i tend to lean on the side of okay uh, let, let me explain it like this brett and i went ghost hunting like three two years ago and uh i was not afraid at all i wasn't nervous at all because basically i'm an atheist and i can't believe in magic or ghosts if i can't even believe in like the big one you know what i mean like it feels it, it feels different so are is is am i am i like generalizing in a way like i i really i i struggle to understand kind of what the culture is around those things is it just more of a historical thing or do you do spells and stuff yeah, like that yeah, so it, um, a lot of uh a lot of pagan groups like like there's kind of a big distinction between like pagan and wiccan like technically wiccans are like type of pagan but they're more into like spells and magic and stuff like that he then refers to like uh more like a germanic or like a norse interest um and that's like yeah a little bit more historical it's like um it's more cultural um than religious in some ways, and, you know, it varies from group to group. Um, our whole date in particular, we're not super into the magic. We have some people that are into it, but for the most part, we are more just, like, it's more about trying to uh, gain some, like, insight into, like, the tribal ways that people used to be, and, like, but also having, like, a global consciousness, you know? We're, like, seeing it as, like, a continuation of the past versus, like, just uh, you know, being stuck in it. A straight, and so it's a like straight up celebrate. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, like, a, it's it's more like we're looking at what they did and what they did right instead of just uncritically celebrating everything that they did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like um, you know, we don't do human sacrifice. <laughs> For example, mm, that's a that's a strike against you. For me. <laughs> Do you guys sell shirts you know, or anything? Like, I'm like now I'm interested and in get I I love the name of this thing and you need to let me know if you're ever selling shirts or anything because I will purchase one. Hell's Gate is so yeah cool. we, we definitely talked about it like we're you know mostly it's just been like it started with like a group of friends who were interested in it and we're just like slowly growing out of the Missoula area and like now we're gonna open like a corner chapter and stuff so it's 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 small right now but. Yeah, we celebrate, like, the eight holidays that our ancestors used to celebrate. Christmas is one. Y'all invented Christmas. (laughs) So we know know you invented that one. I love that. That's my favorite thing that, like, pagan people do is they're like, yeah, we invented Christmas because they're always trying to keep the Christ in Christmas. Like, y'all didn't even invent that. You just stole it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, we just celebrated Ostara which is what the word Easter comes from. And it's just a celebration of spring. <laughs> See, that, to me, I like that. I don't like Easter very much because it's one of those holidays where, you're, like, your relatives get too religious. <laughs> That's true. They crank it. You're like, oh, I yeah, forgot you right. were like this. <laughs> yeah. And don't forget that Jesus died for your sins. You always have to be guilty about that. Yeah, you're like you're like every time you meet, you're like, oh, we hung out on the Fourth of July. It wasn't too bad. Oh, we hung out on, we had a Memorial Day cookout. It wasn't that bad. Labor Day cookout, and then on Easter, all of a sudden, there's Jerry Falwell standing in the living room. You know, this isn't about Reese's yeah. peanut butter eggs, everybody. This is about okay. Jesus Christ dying and coming back to life. Yeah. 
that's that's but really yeah, cool. I, I don't know. I just wanted to like. I felt I felt the need to like you know put it out there and said you know there are people that are into that kind of stuff that are douchebags and like we're actively uh, working to create a counterculture to you know that specific like what we see as like a misuse of our heritage. I like that. Um, no, I and I absolutely agree. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I've I've said that same thing myself. Is that I did not have a culture because most of it was based off of consumerism and buying stuff, and I don't feel like I had those rocks of like tradition in my life. And I think that a lot of the white culture here in the United States, the reason that it is so awful and appropriational and all that, is just because we were given nothing from our parents. You know, they didn't they didn't give a shit to to hold up most of those heritages, and they just were said. Oh, we can buy we can buy desserts from Sarah Lee, and we can buy a Swanson broth, and we can just buy all the stuff, you know. Or they tell you you're Irish, and then get like one of those Irish tattoos on you, and drink Guinness all the time, and it's like, well, what is the rest of the Irish stuff? Like, oh, we fight, right, you know. We, yeah. they, it's just all of the <laughs> Irish stereotypes, you know. Or somebody will tell you, oh, I'm German. And you're, oh, you're from German ancestry. What does that mean? And then it's basically like, oh, you know, we like warm beer and sausage. And you're like, I can't grab onto that, man. Yeah, and, and it is like, there is, I mean, it is, if you do have that heritage, I, I, do, not, I do not have any issue with someone that from Ireland is happy of being that. But, like, when you're just proud of, like, which, like Western civilization, as they say, and, and just whiteness, it just... It's 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 a bad road, obviously, but it's a road that a lot of people are taking. I mean, because there isn't there isn't an alternative to scoop them up. No, all the people that I know that were into that Odin and stuff like that, like the one guy I met, he like drank out of a horn and stuff. He had a bunch of tattoos and he was he was he was the guy I tell you about all the time that was in a Nazi gang that actually showed up in a presentation in my criminology class. Like, I know that guy. And he was a Nazi, and he, but he was, like, really into that stuff. And it was almost like the way he talked about it was code for being a not Like, when he talked, oh, I'm really into Odin. Oh, what does that mean? And then, you know, it comes around to, like, oh, it's really just I'm in a Nazi gang, <laughs> you know? Or, like, they believe in conquering yeah. and stuff or master races or whatever. Yeah, they, the conquering stuff is a big deal. Like, they do believe in, like, conquering people. Whoever wins, like to the winner goes the spoils, mate. Right, right. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of that stuff they got directly from the Nazis themselves because the Nazis used that to, you know, like, inspire the pe their people, you know, be like, reclaim your heritage, you know, take back all of these old ways and like, that's what a lot of the reasonable heathens do nowadays is, like, separate, you know, okay, so going to other people's villages and killing them is something our ancestors did that we don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember, we do all the other stuff, but not the, let's not, let's not do the killing. Let's make kugel and yeah. let's not kill people. And, yeah, and, like, you know, I yeah, I think that... Uh, it's just, it's sort of, uh, there's a really similar vibe between a lot of it, a lot of the, these types of groups and like the street fight mentality, you know, everybody's in, uh, that is in my group, at least like, uh, we're all pretty much anarchists and, uh, you know, very like into, uh, 
just, you know, working together with people. And, like, we're good friends with, like, the Wiccans. And, like, we have people of, like, all colors and backgrounds in our group. And, like, people do whatever they want to be into. And it's just more about, like, let's build, you know, let's build closer ties together with people. Yeah, and I think there is also, I mean, in the way the secular society has turned, I mean, there is still that questioning voice inside of everybody that wants some sort of answers or security or understanding of the world. And I've always seen, like, sigils and tarot cards and all of these things are really meant to provoke something out of you that um, maybe wouldn't be there if you were just sitting around doing nothing you know, worrying about your problems, you know, they really are a way to, to manifest something by, you know, uh, taking action, using your actual energy to, uh, get an answer from, from, uh, what is given back to you. Yeah. Yeah. And there's tons of people that like, don't even actually like believe in the gods or any of these symbols or whatever, but they still, like you said, it just like, it gets you thinking, it gets, it gets your, your mind going. Yeah, and uh, that's useful. Yeah, it is. It is helpful. The, the tarot represents like so many different emotions, and that just like you can think about a problem in so many different ways, and uh, all that stuff does have a lot of value that we can get we can get out of it. And people, I mean, people are eating it up. I mean, I live, dude. There's so many magical crystal stores where I live, man. And like, all, there's a druid store now, actually, too. It's called the Druid Store, isn't it? I forgot. I've I haven't been in. Oh, yet. dope. Yeah, we have. Um, we have like a Krampus uh, parade in in my part of town every single year uh, when it's Christmas time. Oh hell yeah! So it's um it's become very popular, uh, and it, I mean it's a great avenue, but it's just like like all the religions, it can be turned very fucking horribly wrong. <laughs> so I'm glad to oh, hear yeah. you're out there fighting the good fight because I know people do need. I mean, people do need things like that, and that is neat to get into. I mean, that's fun to know about because I feel lost at sea a lot of times when it comes to things like that, just to not even know uh, or, or, you know, not even know what the foundations of what brought me to where I'm at, you know, today because I'm just so divorced from it. Sorry. Cool. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for letting me come on and talk about it, guys. I'm, is there, I'm loving loving your show, loving everything you guys are doing. Is there any way that anybody can talk to the group or anything? You want to get you want to get the name out there or, yeah. or the sites or anything before we yeah, go? Yeah, yeah. So we're we're mostly on Facebook. Um, so if you guys are on Facebook, just look up uh, Hell's Gate Heathen Kindred, Hell with one L, and uh, if you uh, request. For an invite to join, I'll uh, I'll give you an invite, and you guys can come and uh, chat with us. And if you're in the Northwest area at all, like we do, we do all of the holidays eight times a year, and uh, yeah, we're trying to expand out. And like we have like other, we know other heathen groups all around the U.S., and we can hook you guys up. Oh yeah, man! Sweet, thank you. Yeah, let's see if we can find a Columbus one. We'll we'll try and meet up with them, get them on the show. Thank you. Have a good one. Oh yeah. What was the name of their group? The Hell's Gates Devil Bringers or some <laughs> shit? What was that? It's cool. Cool name of yeah, a group. Yeah, that's pretty I interesting. Really, I really wish we would have went satanic with the name of the show. Sometimes I think like, sometimes I think like, man, why did we do? I don't like it. I think it's cheap. What? Sat- Satanism. It's mm, like being it's just edgy. Cool. I just think it's neat. It's not. It's a street fight. The guy that started it is a geek. I understand, but the demon stuff looks very cool. Like the the look of like I look at black metal stuff that I've never listened to in my whole life, but I look at their imagery. I'm like, that's 
fresh, man. I don't know. It's played out to me. I'm too How cool for school you. on that you one. You are too cool. You are too cool. I've Let's seen it some... all before, man. I've seen it, man. I've seen all the devil shit. It's not impressive. Let's see who's on the line. Uh, who, wow, these people have been waiting. Waiting like crazy. Thank you for calling Street Fighter oh. Radio. Who are we talking to? Uh, hi, this is Hank from Detroit. How's it going, Hank? Uh, it's going all right. Uh, I called you guys before, like a couple months ago. I was the Jimmy John's guy. I don't know if you remember. I remember Jimmy. I remember talking Jimmy John's. I can tell you, you remember, that. You, the okay. Well, I have a I have a campus Nazi story. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let us. What's going on? So a couple like a month ago, there was a student at Wayne State. Uh, so Wayne State is, of course the premier university right in like the heart of Detroit, essentially. So this guy, this engineering student pulled a knife on this immigrant rights group that was uh, tabling in one of our buildings and then threatened to like kill illegal immigrants. God damn. Unprovoked or. Uh, Well, he had like a, for a, apparently for a couple days he had been like walking by their table and like insulting them and they had of course you know returned fire because you can't just sit down and take that kind of oh, crap for sure. No. for sure then he then he pulled the knife uh like after doing that for a couple days yeah, probably that, I mean, wearing that's... of course his uh his trump pence t-shirt yeah we can't i mean that's so dangerous behavior somebody that's doing that just wants to use wants a reason to use it I mean, that's how, that's how... Oh, of course they do, yeah. Yeah, that's what, I mean, a, a, a lot of... The, that's the type of behavior that, I don't know, we have to red flag. I mean, that's the type of... those These things need to be treated more seriously than they are. I mean, we we know that... I don't know, I guess at this point we just know that, like, white, white supremacy is baked into the system, you know? That seems to be pretty normal when this shit happens, you know, to, according to, like, yeah, the yeah. officials. Well, I, I mean, I just think it's kind of, like, funny in a kind of disturbing sort of way that somebody with those kind of views would go to Wayne State. Like, Wayne State demographically is maybe 50% white, and I say maybe. So it's like, why would you even want to go here if you hate racial minorities so much? Like, there's there's much whiter colleges you could go to in Michigan what? State. Yeah, Michigan, there's probably places you could go that are a little less. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wow, that that right. is uh, so, so. What what what? How did it play out? Like, so they did take care of this person. Is do people know who this guy well, is? Here's the thing. And, well, people know who he is. Uh, there's like a, currently a petition making the rounds for them to just expel him because they haven't expelled him yet. He's still on like suspension. Okay. As they're quote unquote reviewing his case. But to me, it seems so cut and dry. Like they should just bounce him right out of here. Yeah, I think that. You know what uh, I, mean? I don't. Like, there's make, no reason. Violent threats, pulling weapons on other students—it's just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that you know he can yell whatever he wants, and they certainly are going to fight back. But people that are bringing weapons out are a problem, and especially. In that type of environment, uh, if you have that belief system, you're only going to be provoked at every at every uh, corner. And uh, it would make right, sense to just exactly. say, like, 
Sorry, guys. Nobody can nobody can threaten people with knives here. We, we run a we run a school where we do not tolerate people threatening each other with knives. We run a society where we don't tolerate <laughs> that. That's wild. Yeah, that is exactly. actually also very scary too, because a lot of times these these guys run around with open carry, and you know they're probably. We were just talking about this before the show. Probably not going to threaten anybody with it. They just like to look cool with the gun. But if these, it's I mean, an option. Yeah, and and that. Well, this guy, you don't know exactly. Yeah, and that guy. I mean, that guy in in Portland, right? Like, used a knife to kill two people on on a bus. Yeah, and, exactly. I mean, these guys are just—they're out of control. They're very. It's it's amazing. The guys having this conversation yesterday with my wife and daughter about they were asking me like kind of what my issues were with the uh, that that Parkland teen manifesto thing, and I was kind of talking about mental. I, I was talking about how they wanted the police to work with mental health professionals. And I don't like that. And they were like, well, but isn't it a good idea? And I said, well, no, not really because I don't, I, I think mental illness is just one factor in this thing. There is a profile of the people that are doing these things. This is not, it's not just people who are mentally ill, like saying that it's just, Oh, mentally ill people are going to shoot up a school. When the fact is, it's a lot of like it's white dudes. It's there is an exact demographic of people. It's almost, I mean, it's not predictable. I I always I I tend to like to lean away from saying like they should have known this guy was going to do something because you just never know if somebody's going to do right, something. Right. You know, like I knew a guy who who um, I mean I know I've known guys in my life who have done. I, I don't know if I I know somebody that shot somebody. And I hung out with him. He shot a kid in school and then he got transferred to my school the next year after it happened. And like I met the guy and he did he didn't he seemed I don't know. It, it, it's like if somebody had told me that he was going to shoot somebody, I would I would just say, like, you're full of shit. He's just talking shit, you know. And like so I don't know. I, I know that monitoring that sort of thing is a good idea. But like. I don't know if you can find them, but if they're pulling knives out on people, it's a pretty good chance that they're going to hurt somebody in the future. It's the same thing when somebody called in about a Nazi on campus at their other school who has been bragging about doing violent things in Charlottesville. And then they're like, well, we don't know if we can really kick them out of school for that. And it's like, but I mean, you would do that to any anarchist. Like you would do that to an anarchist who was saying, I want to bomb a bridge. You would do it right away. It wouldn't be a thing that you would have well, it to only think goes about one way. It only goes one way. It goes against, uh, you know, the people on the left, basically it doesn't, it never, it never boomerangs around to get the people on the far right. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, it's because the people that are, are doing the arresting are all on the far right. So that, I mean, right. I, that's, that they don't see them as a threat. It's a very weird thing. It, it I, I don't, I don't, like I said, we've, we've never, I don't know if we're good at coming up with solutions, but I think, you know, if we're talking about how these people say we need to racially profile, like after nine 11, a lot of times you would hear people say, it's just logical that we need to profile like people of middle Eastern descent when they go through the lines at the airport. Why are you picking on an old lady when you, you can you know who would be doing this and it's like well this has happened enough times now why are you why are you acting like there's 
any other overriding thing than the demographic information of young, angry white man, you know? Yeah. I mean, when I read that thing in the, like, Parkland Manifesto about, like, mental illness, my big thing with it was, like, I just don't see it as doing anything. Because if you have some kind of mental illness that, uh, like, like you're, like, a sociopath or something, and you just have would have no compunction about killing people, you're probably going to be good enough at hiding that, that it won't show up anyway, like, like if you're a Ted Bundy type. You know well, what I mean? Well, but so here's the thing. The majority of people, a lot of people that are dying from guns, I don't know if it's a majority, are committing suicide. I mean, that's mentally ill people that right. get sad and kill themselves. Um, and then there's also domestic violence is also the other big one uh, that people are get dying from guns with. So the, the school shooting thing is very small amount of gun violence, but it is also one per, you know, we also know who's doing it, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, with, like, the suicide thing, I I mean, I hate to sound like I'm, like, reaching for the stars here or something. We should just make American society better so people aren't trying to get out of it by stopping themselves. I I love that it's, like, reaching for – that. I always say that about, like, drug use. It's like, well, I mean, if you really want to clean up drug use, make a world where I wouldn't feel like doing drugs all the time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was just reading something about how apparently – uh, Missouri now is trying to make it so you can't withdraw welfare like cash from ATMs because they're afraid that you might go into the liquor store and withdraw it from there to buy booze. Who fucking like, cares? Maybe make life. Who? Yeah, maybe make life better for poor people so you don't gotta drink your way through the week working at some podunk job that's paying you dirt. Right, working in you getting welfare. Which is what a lot of people, yeah, most it, people are doing. Yeah, and it's the same, like, they're talking about people who are, they're afraid that they're going to uh, waste it on, like, cigarettes. And I don't smoke personally, but one of the nice things about being a smoker is smoke breaks at work. <laughs> yeah, I so, agree. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not, a, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist or something, but I think the tobacco companies might have set this up <laughs> so that more people will buy tobacco so they could <laughs> work less i think it really is just because i think about it i think it really is just because everybody smoked back in the day that it's an acceptable thing and when they when they quit letting people smoke inside they had to let them go yeah yeah that could be true but okay on a lighter side i have a dare story too okay cool cool so i i took dare in elementary school in a suburb of detroit uh and my dare officer was a woman whose name I don't remember, but we were promised something at the beginning. If we made it all the way through the D.A.R.E. course, we could see video of police officers from our local police department getting tased. That, that wow. was the... Well, I would want that, though. That So the thing was... I know. I, it was the, that was the deal. It was like, you, you got to sit through all this stuff about, you know, don't snort cocaine, don't shoot heroin, don't drink, don't smoke all this other stuff. But then at the very end of it all, you get to see people getting hurt and like screaming and swearing like a blue streak. So my buddy, that that was what got me through it. My buddy had a cop in his family and he got to do my buddy had a cop in his family and he got to do the fake rioting 
where he got to throw like rocks at like they they got to throw but it wasn't as fun as it it's never as fun as it sounds but he got to do the fake rioting with the police to train the riot cops now at at the time i thought it was cool now it's like don't help the cops train ever you know yeah well this was because apparently it was like a rule at uh the police department back then that in order to carry a taser you had to be tased yourself I guess so, like, you didn't accidentally fry somebody and then get the police department sued or something like that. Yeah. You know, probably not for, like, a good reason, but... <laughs> it sounds like some sort of so, eye-for-an-eye biblical lawman thing, too. Like, I, I know the yeah, kind of damage I'm dealing out, son. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, that's true, that's true. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for calling in. Uh, you got a Twitter name? Uh, I do. I'm uh, Comrade Robocop. <laughs> oh, we need that we do we need a robocop on our side i agree a well, hacked one thank you for calling comrade robocop ro- <laughs> yeah you're welcome oh there's so many nazis on these campuses yeah I it's mean, like these people are running around saying the campuses are full of communists and then our callers are like well there's also nazis all over the campuses yeah they've been there forever i mean they've always been there it's now taken over to the point where so many regular people are swept up into it. Actually, you want to know what you want to know what tweaked me the most about the Parkland thing is I was on all my conservative pages and they kept just posting pictures of the march and then they would pose a Nazi rally picture yeah. or like they would post Hitler youth photos of all the kids from Parkland. They would just all of them were convinced that these are like Nazis. And New I Hitlers. was just like, what the? This is, you guys harbor Nazis in your like <laughs> meme groups in your party. You vote for them. You're okay. Like, you're on the same side as them. You guys have people that's avatar is SS and you're calling these kids Nazis. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, they're Nazi just means big group of people trying to do politics now to a lot of people, you know? To them, oh, I hate to mainstream it. people, you know. It's so overused. It's the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get some calls, man. We're trying to, well, yeah. Let's get some calls done. Let's call it up. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are oh, we talking shit. to? Hey, this is uh, Matt, the Young Sapien. What's up, Matt, the Young Sapien? How's it going, guys? I'm great. Hey, how, how are you, you tonight? Going? Matt, the Young Sapien <laughs> on Instagram is the guy that made the wooden signs. Nice. That yeah. sign kicks ass. I want to hang it in front of my house, but I'm oh. afraid my landlord will kick me out. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's we wait, have wait, a which few, one that... we have a few signs. We have a few street fight signs, and I think when we get the office, they're all going to go up on one wall. And then when you watch us do Twitch videos behind us, it's going to be a shrine to us. <laughs> oh hell yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> well, it's just it's, I like it now. Um, what was that? It's just, it, I mean, it's so flattering that somebody would even spend five minutes making a sign for us because it's like we haven't even done that for ourselves. <laughs> Dude, I mean, it's flattering that you guys like it. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy, and I, I love that shout-out last week. I mean, that was awesome. I heard this week, whatever. But um, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah well, I hope you got some business out of it. Uh, I, I really haven't checked, but I've been, I've been doing stuff for people here. Like I just finished, uh, something for a friend and I'm actually sending some stuff out to the, uh, what a hell of a way to die guys. Um, Oh, that's cool. I made some stuff for them. They're sweet guys. Uh, they are, they're, they're, they're sweethearts. Um, no, I was, um, before, uh, before y'all got on, you were talking about, uh, 
I guess the show that I was playing before you, you were talking about the opiate crisis, and that kind of ties into what I'm going to grad school for. It's that's my concentration is I want to focus on addiction, but specifically I'm I'm trying to focus on why people don't get treatment and stigma. It's it's between like no one can agree if it's stigma or if it's money or something like that that actually prevents people from getting treatment. And so I'm kind of focused on that and just hearing you talk about that from the last show, I, that really got me thinking and. I, I'm always thinking about that, but that really kind of reminded me of it. That's interesting. I mean, like, I, I tend to think that, like, I think that there is a place in this world for treatment, right? Like, obviously. And the thing that I yeah. I think hurt, I think, okay, so there are a, a few steps to this. I don't know if yep. stigma is necessarily the reason people don't get treatment. I think that, like, treatment when people in your life see that you're in treatment, they see that you're doing the right thing. You know, they, like they automatically believe that you're doing the right thing. The stigma is in the drug use. Um, but I do yeah. think the thing that, the thing that always really works on me when it comes to drug treatment is the idea that we can't, they say it's one day at a time, but they also say, this is something you can never do for the rest of your life. And, and like, making it this big thing where like if you i don't know i de-emphasizing relapse i think is the thing that that really that that has been grabbing me for the past few years it's kind of like well i mean i've seen so many a lot of people i know who have died from opiates went to rehab got out relapsed and then just kind of figured well i relapsed i guess i might as well just go full in again you know for a little while and then i'll go back to rehab and then you die before you check back into rehab i think that the way that treatment is done you make so many long-term promises and and there is there's not a lot of like eyes on harm reduction i guess is is like true 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 harm reduction where it's like i mean if smoking weed makes you if smoking weed makes it so you don't need to have opiates anymore do it it's not going to kill you you know that that's not going to kill you i'm kind of i'm kind of interested in what they're doing over in europe um, in some places, they actually. This, I'm I'm come from more of an area of, of drinking because I'm in recovery myself for alcohol, and I've been looking at stuff over there. And they they do like a not necessarily a step down program, but it's a controlled amount of drinking. And it's sort of like that seems to be in the line of okay, this is a problem, but there there are ways to control it without completely going abstinent. And that's why I said there's you guys the stuff on kratom because that's. Like, hearing you guys talk about that got me really interested in seeing what the research was about that. And while there's some on it, like, it's – a lot of it just ends with there needs to be more research, and I completely agree with that. So I I, I think harm reduction is the step that we need to take. And I also I – also, I don't think that we're going to even come close to solving any type of mental health or even drug treatment crisis without single pair it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And that's, that's sort of what keeps me going is that in that fight. Yeah. I also think that when you talk about, I I do think that a lot, I I think that like we do need to be focused on maybe uh, the, the stigma thing. We need to look into like, maybe not, 
Like we we really do. When somebody goes into rehab, we pin a lot on them immediately when they get in there. I guess you know it's like you got to do uh, this. You're gonna do it, and it's like let's just lean back and let them handle handle it one day at a time. I mean, I I remember when I was in rehab, somebody was in there for drinking, and during the rehab, they relapsed one day. And they came yeah. in, and it was treated like the end of the world. Like, oh, sh- you got to start all over again. I don't like this idea that, like, your sobriety goes back to zero days right when you slip up one time. You know, you, you, like, you've like the, you've erased any progress that you had before when you slip up once. To me, it seems counterproductive, I guess. Yeah. Does that make sense to you uh, as somebody who went through rehab? It, oh, no, it, it does. I I didn't go through rehab rehab. I kind of – I was getting treatment for other things, and the drinking was sort of inherent in that. But I think that the idea that recovery or, you know, treatment or anything like that, basically you're going to relapse. At least in my, in my experience, I never got – you know, I didn't get clean the first like five times I tried. Oh no, no, like, yeah. So you, I think, I think making that, making it out to be like just the the worst possible thing you can do is relapse. That's that's very dangerous. You're right. Yeah, I, I, I think it just makes people I, give up. I really think it's one of those things that makes people give up in the end. And, and, like, that's where we lose people. And we just need to start thinking about it as not being a zero-sum game. You know, it's it's not a it, – this it's not, like it, – it, it's not all or nothing. And, like, to me, that yeah. that is that is the most important thing. That really helped me with the way – that I, the way I did things, that that really helped me a lot. It was was like once I quit, like I'm not on opiates now. I don't do them. Uh, I I okay. mean I guess I do occasionally, <laughs> but like I I did and hey. I, I did, <laughs> but it's a very occasionally. I mean it's like once a year probably. I think I bought them one year, but like I I'm just I'm not sober. I would I don't say that like I don't say that I'm sober. I I wouldn't I wouldn't say that and I don't think that like that needs to be an identity that you take if you've ever had a had problems with something if that makes sense, you know. Like it doesn't need to be yeah, I, your I, I think it it doesn't need to be your identity. It should be up to you like how you how you identify it but like I think the emphasizing that would help a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, keep yeah. doing the good. Keep take me uh, take over for me, please. I that was what I was in school <laughs> to do. I wanted to study this sort of thing and and like petty crime and stuff like that. So, keep up the keep up the good work cuz I got myself out of school and now I just do a stupid comedy show. <laughs> Dude, I love I love your it's not stupid. You 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 guys are great. Um just oh, real quick to lighten the mood. I have a uh, shitty re- Can I swear? Okay, I have a shitty recruiter story. I was in the military, but it took me three tries to sort of get through, and <laughs> my second attempt was with the Air Force. Can I no, make fun uh, of you a tiny bit? Because from what we understand, they are, like, kind of desperate to keep people in there. Like, everybody we've talked to about military recruitment has said, well, they told me I was the smartest man that they've ever talked to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The first was a scholarship that I fucked up. The second was I tried to get in the Air Force, uh, just enlisting. And um, the recruiter 
when he would like answer his phone and when he would actually be at his office, which was a rarity, he would he would try to push me towards this one specific job that even if you Googled it, you couldn't really find much information on it because I guess it was one of those secret squirrel types. Ooh. And he just, that's all of his conversations were like, you got to do this, you got to do this. I think you'd be great for this. And I took the ASVAB a couple times and everything, and they did, they did, they always throw down, you know, you're one of the smartest people we ever talked to. It's my favorite Holy scam. Hell. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the greatest. And I was trying to take the ASVAB uh, another time because my first one from high school had lapsed. And he told me, hey, you got to be here at 8 a.m. I'm not, I'm, I'm leaving without you. There's other people that I got to take care of. And so I'm there at like 7.45 and the door is locked. No one's there. I, I'm in the middle of this strip mall just by myself because my brother had dropped me off because he worked at McDonald's. And I'm there until about 8.30. He's not there. He won't answer his phone. Nothing. Uh, I hear I hear from him the next day, and he said he just completely forgot. Oh, get out of town! Kind of left me in the yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, it gets better. It gets better. That was that was sort of the last straw, and then I went to the army. And while I'm in basic training, one of the few times they let you get use your cell phone, I uh, I see I have a couple you know text me- or not text messages but voicemails. One of them is from him asking if I'm still interested in joining the uh, greatest air force in the uh, the world. He actually said that. Uh, and I just, <laughs> I don't know what it was going on, but I just started laughing. <laughs> I just started cackling. I'm getting looks from drill sergeants. I'm like, people are like, what the hell is going on? And it's just, oh God. It's, it's yeah. uh, the army, so, the military sounds like hell to me. It really does. But it is, it, it can't be, it can't be. <laughs> well, hey, thank <laughs> You're you. Not wrong. Thank you for the signs and thank you for calling in. Hey, thank you guys. Uh, Keep doing what you're doing, and uh, I'll keep listening. I love it. Never quit doing what we're doing. <laughs> Good. Never never log off. Never. <laughs> no. Oh, Brett. Brett. Rehab. It's the shits. It's the pits. It is. It is. I don't even know. I, we should. We need to open our own rehab, I think. I mean, it's, for it's me. Like, we'll call it freehab, and it'll yeah. be a lot easier to do, and it'll be free. It'll be too busy. <laughs> Yeah, we won't be able we'll to quit this job to do freehab. Yeah, the biggest barrier for me, uh, I know of, is just the cost uh, and getting into it. The pa- weight. Paperwork. The weight, I think, is the wildest Being thing. Being able to get yeah, get out of your job. And the weight, you're right, right. Months waiting on, getting on wait lists and things like yeah, that. Yeah, they're always like, we'll get you in here in three months. It's like, like well, I'm going to do drugs until I get in here. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> you might want to hold up, you know. Oh, what a what a... Rehab. That I mean, I'm glad people are studying it, though. Really, I I really that was what I wanted to do in college, and it's like, please, everybody, go and study this sort of thing. We need well, people with those voices out there. <laughs> I mean, even the older people now, some of the older folks, you know, the popular ones like uh, the I can't remember Bill Hicks, and you know, there it's been. Drugs and drug use has been popular for a very long time, including seventies, eighties, nineties, and it's only getting more accepted and I think more honest in a way. I don't know if uh, regular folks are still getting; they're probably still getting a, the scare tactics. But there's enough of us out here that are like, I mean, they're, da- I mean, they can be dangerous, but we all are doing a whole bunch of them, you know. 
We've all tried them all. Yeah, we love them. Their mushrooms are awesome. There's nothing scary about them. Yeah, no mushrooms are. Nobody's worried about mushrooms, are they? I don't think so. No, nah. I think they would be if they tried them. If they heard about them, yeah, yeah, they're just mushrooms. Like that to me is like, yeah, I ain't gonna sit around and be afraid of a mushroom. That's like unless I'm a turtle in Mario or something like that. Then I'm terrified of mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, that's bad news. <laughs> that guy will get all big and crush me. I don't like that. Right, he'll get an extra shot <laughs> trying to jump on my head. Man, I love Mario. One of the greats. He, one of the greats. A good founding father of the, of America, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hero to all men. What's going on on the phones, man? We well, got a lot of calls here. We got to take next. these calls, my friend. Oh, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we Hello. talking to? Hey, it's Eminem Prop. What's up? Oh, hey, what's going on? Hey, we're gonna see you in a week and a half. Yeah, I know. I can't wait because I'm looking forward to it, guys. How are y'all? Uh, pretty good. We're it's like this is. I, I mean, tomorrow and Tuesday are our last days off for a very long time, so we are <laughs> going to be complaining a lot, and uh, you will probably get to see us at our absolute worst. <laughs> Okay. Not on stage. I'm not saying on stage, but if you hang out with yeah. us after that day, after Saturday. You're going to see the worst of Brett and Brian because we are going to be tired. Well, I mean, Brett's got his wife there. You're going to see the worst of Brian. <laughs> separation. Ang- uh, Brian, separation anxiety, Quinby. That's the guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I can't wait Where's to come my there. Family? I can't wait to come there. I'm so I'm getting like really excited about it because like uh, everybody mm-hmm. keeps telling me how great the city is. And like I'm like, huh? Yeah, it's. Brett's wife keeps saying it's like another country, and I'm like, well, that's exciting because I've never been to one of those except for Windsor, Canada, which is basically America, too. Canada's basically the same country, right, exactly. Um, It's it's fun here. I mean, I don't know. I I guess I wouldn't know the difference because I've lived here my whole life. Yeah, you travel a lot, right? Yeah, I travel, and, you know, like I I like to, you know, get around and walk cities. One of the weird things about here is that, like, the public transit – sucks oh i like, know it's, it's incredibly bad it's to we call it's, it charming like they, when we come it's charming we're like this rickety old train takes 90 minutes to get us to where we're at but we sure do love the view oh yeah and the nice open air windows with cars? that breeze yeah on the streetcars. oh yeah those streetcars are for tourists that's what they're for, <laughs> like, it's, not for it's not to get to your job in any sort of like meaningful <laughs> amount of time they do have some buses but everybody like I, and, and, and to be completely honest, I never really take it um, because I, I live, like, outside of New Orleans in, like, the suburbs. But um, I've never even thought that, like, wow, you know, these, these buses are something that I can use to get around here really well. Can, can I ask you? So uh, when I go to, like, other cities, like, go ahead. Can I ask so when you I go to other I... cities like New York and, like, Chicago I mean, and, and, like, Seattle and stuff, like, I'm like, wow, this is a really useful way to get around town. But Come to Columbus. Come to Columbus and see how it is to get around on our public trip. Believe me, we know what it's like to have pretty bad public transportation. Although we have a circulator, which I think is something like if you live downtown, you could get away without having a car in Columbus, which I think, you know, if that's not really all you're asking for. If you I, I mean, I like the idea of the bigger cities where you can get in and out of the suburbs. 
you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, like, in Columbus, you could right. live down. T- Brett lived downtown without a car for a very long time, and this was before ride-sharing and stuff. He was riding a bike and taking the bus everywhere, and it worked out. I mean, it was stupid because when he was doing it in the snow and stuff, I was always like, oh, you want me to give you a ride? And, and he would be like, no, which is, like, the weirdest thing because <laughs> it sounds miserable. <laughs> well, I, life is misery, and it's really thrilling to ride in the snow like that. So it, like, adds some extra zip to your commute. <laughs> I need to ask you something, though, um, I'm really curious about. And, and like, I, 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 this, I don't know how to do this without it sounding, like, bad or problematic, I guess, in a way. But I like to take really long walks, right? And, like, I take, like, mm-hmm. eight, nine-mile walks in Columbus. And one of my plans you know, on, on that Monday after mania, at least maybe even mania day is to take a walk. And people told me not to do that in new Orleans. And I'm like, I want to talk to somebody that lives there because like they were just saying, Oh, you go around the wrong corner. And I'm like, I never believe it because people said that to me about Washington DC and New York. And I've been to both of those places and it's never happened. But I just, I want to act like, I guess like, I guess I'm asking, am I okay? And number two is, I mean, do you even do you hear that stuff? Like, do you? It seems like all downtowns are basically gentrified now. Well, yeah, you hear that stuff from people who never go to the city, right? Yeah, that's the kind of like it's just the, that's what people from the suburbs say about the city who are scared to go to the city. <laughs> um, I go down there all the time. I've never once like feared for my life, <laughs> right? Like, since I've been a kid, so it, it's not something that like, like and it, I mean. Where are you even staying? Like, I mean, I guess that would be a. I have a no weird idea. Question, but like, like what part of town? I have no idea. <laughs> this is the Brett Payne. Okay. Uh, this is the Brett Payne picks the the room. You're on the Payne trip. Room. I'm scared. It's an Airbnb. <laughs> oh no, Brett's okay. notorious for picking bad Airbnb. <laughs> I get suckered into some awful ones. <laughs> no, dude. I mean, look uh, how cheap this one is. <laughs> You'll, I mean, you'll probably be fine, especially when it comes to, like, Airbnbs around here. Like, when, when the Airbnbs show up, that's when, like, the, um, that's when sort of, like, a lot of white people start moving in and it starts becoming, like, like police start showing up and all yeah. this other bad shit. So that's, that's exactly here, too. That's exactly here, too. Like, our families tell us all the time. Like, when I first moved downtown, my downtown Columbus, my, my stepmom was like, oh, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to walk through groups of prostitutes when you move down there was one of the things she really said to me and i moved down here and i was like there's a police every three blocks you know there's like nothing going on down i can't get into crime if i want to down here i'm so bad at getting into crime (laughs) so that's that's, i mean that's not the worst thing yeah yeah so how is how how uh how is the setup going? Uh, like, are they are the WWE being good visitors? Are they better than the Super Bowl? Uh, well, I mean, it's not as big as the Super Bowl. I haven't even really noticed them. How dare you too much. say that? It is bigger than yeah. this. It's the granddaddy of them all. Okay. <laughs> um, I do have uh, a ticket. Me and a couple of friends are, are going to be going to WrestleMania. Ooh. The other shows surrounding it, I don't know. Uh, which ones uh, I'm going to be able to make, but uh, uh, 
you know, I'm going to be going to this y'all show at Circle Bar, and I'm trying to get TSA to table over there. That's cool with y'all, right? Yeah, of course. We're anybody can table at our shows except for like anybody that meets our strict ideological requirements can table at our shows. <laughs> now, I, I'm right. really excited so, to do a show there too. Like, it, this is one of the. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you start when we started touring, there were places. You know, you start talking about and and like New Orleans is in that list with like L.A. and Austin and New York and stuff like that. So this is this is really cool for us. And I I got to tell you, coming to our show instead of going to wrestling during the time when all the best wrestling is happening is is such a sacrifice. I love it. It's not a sacrifice for me, buddy. Not at all. <laughs> you got. You can come with if oh, you're free. Cool- if you're free, one of the days, I'll let you know my my itinerary. If you want to go to a show, I'm sitting in general admission for most of the shows I'm at. Brett's going to a few. I'm going to, I think six. I believe six wrestling uh-huh. shows. Eighteen hours of yeah. wrestling. <laughs> That's a lot of wrestling. I know. Um, yeah, maybe so. We want to set uh, up a watch party to too. Talk about it. Uh, but you're going to the thing, so if you're in New Orleans and you want to set yeah. up a watch party and figure out how that works, you know, hit me in the DMs. We'll we'll try to figure that out because Brett and I do not have tickets. Yeah, we'll find one. Yeah. <laughs> one of the cool things about um, Circle Bar, where y'all are going, uh, your show's going to be, is it's right where one of the monuments was. So it's right where um, Robert E. Lee was. Yes. Like it's right around what used to be known as Lee Circle. So they have this big column. And there's nothing on top of it. It's fabulous. It's called Street Fight Circle now. And Brett and I are going to get a picture of ourselves <laughs> standing on the column. <laughs> Let's lobby to get a picture of us there. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. The South is very weird to me in, in that, like, there's so many. Prog- I know so many progressive people down there. And being steeped in that Confederacy stuff is, is wild because it, it really is. And, it, and it's repressive. But. That's what's weird about New Orleans to me is it's not a repressive city. You know, I don't know what your weed laws are, but yeah. you know, it doesn't seem. Oh, they're pretty repressive. harsh, but but yeah, they're pretty harsh. But I think they're they, we're sort of like working on it. But like the, the the state legislature, and that's where all this bad shit comes from. Is from the sorry, but um, cursing on air. But, You're so um, loud. Like this. Okay, cool. Um, the state legislature is just such a. Uh, like a mess in terms of like just not allowing anything fun or cool or that would help anybody ever. That's funny because uh, all the friends. you don't have open container laws, so that is one of the coolest no, things the in the not, country. That's a municipal sort of. Yeah, it's like a municipal ordinance, so you can like walk around the street with a you know an open container, and you'll see people when you walk down Bourbon with signs that say "huge ass beers," but like nothing in terms of. Um, like like weed laws and stuff like that. I think it's it's way way tighter. It's a weird um, thing about it's that's a weird thing down there. They really people the governments at least and and I guess what is it the bourgeoisie or what they seem really afraid of weed down there. It's a it's an odd thing because they're afraid yeah, of it here. Tradition. Yeah. Well, they're afraid of it here too. In that, like, I think the thing that happens in Ohio is we have that. So goes the nation thing. So a lot of money goes into stopping things from happening here because people figure once it happens in Ohio, it becomes a tipping point. And it happens everywhere. And, uh, right. Being down South, some like we always look at the weed laws when we drive down there. And I'm always like really shocked. Like, like a lot of places have jail time 
for it, like mandatory jail time yeah. for it. And I'm like, I really can't believe it. But I can't imagine that, like, because in Ash, North Carolina has regressive weed laws, but in Asheville, it seems like everybody there smokes weed. So it's like there are these <laughs> like really great progressive enclaves down there that I just, I mean, if I had to pick somewhere to live. It's down. It's, it is. I love the South. I just love it down there. I can't believe I would have never thought it when I was younger. You know, when I was in fifth grade, I always wanted to move to New York because I thought the the like the way they the fast talking was so cool. And now that I'm older, I'm like, yeah, I love the South, man. They're just they're on their own time, man. They're on their own thing. We saw a lady picking her toes on the counter at a, a gas station one time. And I was like, I mean, she knows that northerners think you're picking your toes all the time down here she don't care she's picking her toes <laughs> that's why we all wear flip-flops so what's going on down there uh, um hey, but, what what is going on down there do you guys got any any big things happening down there with the with the dsa because you're you were the first ones to do the uh brake light thing which is which is super cool yeah. I, actually did you see you got co-opted this week in north carolina yeah, the ACLU is inviting cops to their break life. <laughs> <laughs> law student, you get law students and ACLU involved, and that's what you end up with. Oh yeah, have the cops come and tell people how not to get pulled over and run their license plates, probably, while they're there. Imagine I guess it's okay if people didn't get arrested, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I guess feel it's okay like if people didn't get arrested, I don't feel. I feel like even if they didn't get arrested there, they're probably headed in that. You, you know what I mean? Like, the, the cops aren't just yeah, sitting yeah, there not yeah. taking there. info. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, absolutely. You're you're absolutely right about that. Uh, let's see. We're, we're, we're getting, like, sort of like game planning on rolling out our Medicare for All uh, down here. And I work a lot with the uh, Labor Committee because I do, I, I do a lot of work with my local. I'm a teacher. And um, I do a lot of work with my local uh, and I'm just trying to figure out how can I get this into this, you know, group of sort of like largely suburban people and how can I bring Medicare for all in, in such a terms that they would accept it, you know? Yeah. It's really, a, it's, it's a, it's a question. Cause I, 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 I know I have like a lot of the, the younger teachers and even some of like, like some of the ones that have been around for a while, but I, I'm, I'm a little bit sort of scared to like broadly present this sort of thing without like a like a like a group of people with me otherwise i don't think they'll listen yeah yeah it's that's it's tough man it it it, like uh i'm so scared to do the canvassing i've i've told erica i would i would canvas with her so i still somebody wants to take me to canvas i'm definitely willing to go walk around i'm just I'm like really scared to do it. You know what I mean? Like I'm afraid to talk to people. I, 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 I just, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like, especially with Medicare for all, which is such a, like a thing that you could do, you know, there, there's, it's such it's so like popular, a, it's so popular, but it still feels loaded in a way, which is, mm-hmm. it's stupid. Yeah. I'm, I'm stupid. I'm just afraid of everybody. I think it's my thing. <laughs> Well, but I, I mean, there's also, yeah. I mean, the frustrating part is that there is a large amount of people that are coded that to be against it no matter what. I mean, you just know that, like, if you're rolling the dice of knocking on random doors, you're going to hit a percentage of people that think that you're trying to take away their, their America, you know? Right. Yeah. trying to give you good America. But. <laughs> we want America to be free. 
You want that free America? Hell yeah! But um, anyway, the uh, the um, angle that we've sort of been talking about is that like everybody every year whines when we uh, when our like costs go up in terms of like like for the medical Medicare like um, I'm sorry not Medicare but for our health insurance that's done through the school system and this is a way to sort of like get like if we did Medicare for all in terms of like our bargaining position we would take that off the table so we don't have to negotiate that anymore and we can argue purely in terms of like working conditions and wages and this is just off we're done it's finished so i I think that's the sort of like strategic possible like way to push this argument forward but i'm not you know i would i would like to have i would not like to be the only one that's saying this yeah i guess i gotta round some people up and, and get them working with me well, you know, if you can round up a group of people, I'll come with you when I'm down there. You got you got a few days if you want me to come and talk about Medicare with people and then make them hate me. I will definitely do that. Well, thanks. For, thank, you, yeah. thank you for calling us. I can't wait to hang out. It's, I'm really excited. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right. Can't wait. See ya. Thanks for taking my call. That was Eminent Prof from Twitter. Love that boy. He's great sacrificing a chance to see Kenny Omega versus Cody. Wow. To hang out with us. I mean, I'm kind yeah, of the Kenny Omega and you're kind of the Cody of podcasting. I take, that's not fair. Brett, Cody is now good. I know you're not paying much attention, but that's a compliment now. He's not it's good to me. Public opinion has shifted. Yeah, I don't know. I'm actually... <laughs> <laughs> because what? Because the... the... The match he did for the the New Year, whatever it is, the no, January it's not, show. It's not even a match. It's just that he's really good at being a heel. He's just really good at being detestable, and he's gotten very good at it. He's a good character, but, I mean, not a great wrestler. Okay, fine. You don't have to be Cody. I'm, I don't sa- be I'm Cody. Kenny Omega, though. You don't get to be Kenny Omega. He's a top guy. Right. I'm a top guy. Sure. I'm champion. Big time sure. champion yeah. in the world. Most people that are have to, to remind people and convince people that it's true. <laughs> Don't you ever. That is the rudest thing anybody's ever said to me. You want to see who's on the phone? One more. One more. Then we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and do more calls. Thank you for calling Street Fight Radio. Who are we talking to? Skeleton. Hey, call. it's uh, Salt. Who? Salt? Salt. Salt. S-O-L. Down <laughs> North Carolina. I thought it was Salt. From, like, the Angelina Jolie movie, and you were going to kill us. Did you ever see that movie? No. Wow. Uh, yeah, I do. No, I'm sorry to disappoint. No, it's just regular old uh, SOL Saul down in North Carolina. Well, how's it going, Saul? We love North Carolina. What's going on down there? Yeah, um, not much. I got the uh, I got the dab rig set up. I'm uh, just hanging out. It's kind of going back and forth from being, like, it snowed yesterday, and now it's like 60 degrees, and then it did it a couple more times. So I'm just kind of, you know, strapping and bracing myself for some uh, a couple more weeks of real weird weather. I like that. I got to tell you the truth. I like it when you get all the weathers in a week. <laughs> right? It's like, <laughs> I didn't move somewhere so I could have. I'm not, I don't live in California. I want to have all the weathers at one time. I wish sometimes it could be snowing in the morning and warm in the afternoon. <laughs> Yeah, well, that, that happens here. I, you know, I guess I don't mind it so much. Like, uh, it's just, you know, it gets a little confusing. But does that happen up in Columbus? 
Yeah, I mean, this is the time of year where you basically it's either freezing or warm. And uh, right now we're in the freezing part. The second we leave this city to go to New York, it gets warm here. So Yeah, we have about two or three false springs Yeah, where, like, in, it happens in March. We get to March. There's, like, a few days of 65 degrees. People are running outside, throwing Frisbees, and then it snows. And then we'll get, like, a week of snow and then a couple more days of good weather, and then it'll snow again. So we're just crawling our way out right now of winter. The depression is huge. Winter is, I mean, we were down in North Carolina. It was, wasn't it 70 degrees there? Yeah. It was wonderful when we were down there. <laughs> we were down there in February. Yeah, I really wanted to make, I was just, I really wanted to make it to that show. I'm a, a little, I'm a few hours uh, farther east than, uh, than Asheville, but Asheville is fun as shit. And I know, I know y'all love cookout and uh, that's, you know, that's, Man, that's a staple right there. Cookout is the king place of all time. Like I, we came home and we're telling people about cookout. Like, y'all got to hear you. Got you. Let me tell you a story about a place. Okay, we were there at three a.m. <laughs> you right, dude. We did. We were Brett and I. Like we're standing. We were talking to this dude we know that likes to do late night like binging, and that's what after our shows, like. I mean, it's not like we we are like really late. Like after our shows, we get high and drunk. He gets, you know, we do all the stuff. But after our shows, we binge eat. Like it's just I want to go somewhere and I want to fill my body with the worst possible things. And uh, (laughs) like after that, we so we're talking to this guy that we know. We were both like in his face, like thirteen dollars. It was thirteen (laughs) dollars. Because it's cheap. Cookout yeah. is a fast food place that is super cheap, and you can get, like, you can get a corn dog for the meal, and you can get a corn dog for the side. That's two corn dogs in one meal. Oh yeah. When you mentioned that a couple weeks ago, that you, that you did that, I, I like I was listening to the show with someone, and I was just like, oh, like audibly did that because I I do that all the time. Three corn dogs, two is the main, and then one is the side. <laughs> <laughs> Corn dogs are like corn dogs are like uh, that's my kid's favorite food as a kid for like the first three years of her life. She was like, just get me as many corn dogs as I can get my hands on. Now she's a vegetarian. Yo, did you try the cookout sauce? Yes. Yes. I don't usually I'm I'm always cold on sauces, really. There's a place in our city that has some really good sauces because they're strong. And like I like those sauces. It's a pizza place that has like three different. Like they got hot ranch, they got this stuff called unicorn sauce, and they got a garlic sauce. And they're like really, they're powerful sauces. You know, I I always feel yeah. like. Have you ever been to Raisin Canes? Y'all got Raisin Canes down there? Yeah, yeah, we do. That sauce they got for yeah, it's kind of the same too. It's in the same category. Ain't got no ain't got no tang in it. Ain't got nothing really. It's just. Wet, and I'm just like, eh, whatever. I take it or leave it. You know, I like a powerful sauce. If you're gonna put a sauce on my stuff, make it powerful. Like I don't know, king sauce. Okay, I like it's a bold statement for bold sauce. I appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, I'm I'm out here and I'm telling people that that what (laughs) how to make a if you want to impress me with your sauce, make it bold. I'm an A1 guy. I like A1 <laughs> sauce. Like, I like sauces that, like, make you, like, close your eyes a little bit. I like some tang. I like to be bit <laughs> back by my sauce. 
And and like I think yeah, I boy. made a, a small mistake too, and this is gonna probably food people are gonna be annoyed with me. I got hush puppies, and I don't think I like hush puppies. I didn't dislike their hush puppies particularly. I just don't think I like mm-hmm. them as a treat. I don't think they're very good. Yeah, I love them. Yeah, I, I, I get yeah. on them. Yeah, it grew was just, up on them. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't love have them. them a lot, you know. So I you know. I got a story. I got a story that's about like some food that is about as as different. Like the if there was like just an opposite food for hush puppies, it's like the restaurant that I work at. We make it now, and I actually that's part of the reason I called in because I just needed to complain about this for a few minutes. Okay, is that I work at like a it's healthy man. It's like. Uh, sort of like a deli it's like a uh real fresh like healthy food though and stuff and uh we started making these acai bowls have you ever heard of those oh my daughter will not stop talking about acai bowls oh yeah they've been around for a while (laughs) my daughter has talked about those for the last year and all the smoothie places would like dump a smoothie in a bowl and then throw some (laughs) acai on it yeah yeah pretty much that's kind of like that's pretty much what we do, and, like, you know, I, I can totally, like, from a money-making perspective, man, I see why the boss does it, because he sits there and just, like, like comically, like, rubs his hands, like, watching it happen, you know? It's, like, it's it's hilarious, because it's, uh, it's, like, $15 a bowl, and, and we're in a college town, and so these fucking kids go nuts for them. Like, they just... Uh, but it's not so bad. It wouldn't be so bad because it's not that much different from any other food, I guess, except that it takes so long to make, and we have to, like, dedicate one or two people to making them all day. And then for some reason, it's the only thing. I don't know why. Nobody ever leaves a tip on them. Because <laughs> they're expensive, man. Yeah. I, bought, I, bought, I leave tips all the time, you know. Uh, I buy smoothies from the place that does the acai bowls here, and those smoothies start at nine dollars. Don't you add some more stuff? But that's a right. nine dollar smoothie, you know. Though you'll be like, I want to get one of these. They have these shots that are like, they're just like these. Pa- they call them like power shots or something like that. They're just cold press charcoal yeah. stuff, and I'll buy those for six bucks and drink one, thinking it's healthy, and it's like. I don't know if that did anything, and it was six dollars. <laughs> but the acai ball thing, my daughter, my daughter has been on me to get her one forever. Like she's just like, go get me one of these. You know, I, I want to be healthy. I want to start eating acai balls every morning. And I'm like, you better get a job to pay for that habit. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's always it's it's like it just inspires. You know, these kids like they're they're college kids, and and we're it's in a town. It's kind of funny apparently in higher ed they call these schools rdk rich dumb kid schools because it's like schools that you know for kids that didn't do all that well but can pay a lot of money to go to like a school and i mean they're loaded and so they come in and like if let's say they spend 15 20 30 bucks on food they'll tip on that but it's just for some reason just those bowls and it inspires the weirdest behavior they'll like come in while we're still setting up the restaurant and stuff in the morning like and just like pack the people and just order like 20 of them i don't know what it is but like it's uh there's there's something in them like we're putting something in them you know yeah yeah that's wild that's why i i'm firmly anti-bowl and brett's gonna hate brett will disagree with me i just feel like a lot of places recently have opened up that are just like we do bowls and it's really they just dump a bunch of stuff in a bowl and hand it over to you which is fine if you do the stuff right that's fine it's nobody just nobody wants everything on bread that's why 
that's true. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I I get it. You know, I I'm not trying to be contrarian or anything, and I understand that nobody wants anything on bread. It just feels like a bowl you're just i mean i can dump everything in a bowl <laughs> yeah <laughs> some presentation here no you know? they do need to change it like a dog eats out of a bowl <laughs> <laughs> remember that restaurant in my neighborhood there used to be this bar in my neighborhood called the rude dog bar rude dog cafe rude dog cafe and i went there and they handed me my food they hand it they said they serve it in a dog bowl and i was like i'm not gonna eat here i like i would just Everybody else, you get your food. I'm not eating out of a dog bowl. Not for you people. No. Not at this place. I'm going to get my nachos out of a dog bowl. I'm a human. I eat out of a human plate. It feels insulting. Why not just throw it on the floor in front of me, you know? Maybe that's what soured me on bowls, you know? Just subconsciously at that moment, I was like, no, to hell with bowls, you know? Put it on a Frisbee. Serve me my food on a Frisbee. I love that. I'd take a Frisbee home and play with it. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if if the acai bowl is a license to print money, you know, how much is acai? Do you know? Is it like no, an expensive? I, I couldn't even really tell you what acai is. Nobody. It's um, like guarna, I... basically. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was like, okay, it's like either like kava or kratom or acai. I don't know. It's all kind of goji berries and like, you know, I mean, actually, we should probably start putting kratom in them. I think that would be kind of a good idea. You could even charge a little more for that. Yeah. I just wonder how much it costs to put the whole bowl together because they're charging $15 for the bowl. I mean, like, are, are is it slim uh, profits or is it, like, enormous? I'm, like, is I'm is the boss standing I'm, there like, oh, I'm going to get some Gucci glasses. And we said week. he was rubbing his hands yeah. together. Yeah, that's what it got me wondering. I mean, yeah, he is. No, no, he told us straight up because, you know, we have the square system and you can pull up how much of everything you sold that day. It was the top seller. And he and he just goes, holy shit! I'm making money hand over fist, you know, like <laughs> it's, uh, it's like comical, like you know. <laughs> well, you he has so the, he's kind he, of a hilarious guy. He has but, an ancient, powerful berry that he serves for people to eat. <laughs> yeah, Please come true. in here and enjoy, drink my, eat my ancient, powerful berry out of this chalice, and it shall give you strength to get through your day filling out Excel spreadsheets. My, you know what my $15 thing is? I love those impossible burgers. Them fake-ass them fake plant burgers that, like, bleed and shit and are just like meat. The, the place in town that has them is $15, and I go there and happily pay $15 for them and love it. You get a cow cheaper. You could kill a cow and eat it for cheaper than that. Such a ripoff, man. I They're mean, it's amazing. not a ripoff. I understand why you would do it. It's just funny that it costs more to eat the fake cow than to kill a thing that's like to do something that's killing the planet. It takes, it costs less oh, money. <laughs> I have to commit a murder to an animal, and it's cheaper than if I just mix a bunch of vegetables together and smash them <laughs> to make them taste like a cheeseburger. That's fine, though. Yeah. Again, yeah. like I get those smoothies all the time. We get those smoothies a lot on the road. I'll get those $10, $11 smoothies. It's f I, I don't think there's anything wrong with sometimes going like a little wild on a, on a treat. It's just... I think there are a lot of people eating those acai bowls every day. Yeah, like they don't. Yeah, they don't. They think it's a lifestyle, or it's like uh, a sign of like you're buying health at that point. Like I'm paying more for my food, so <laughs> now I'm more health. healthy. 
I'm buying my yeah. I'm buying health to get one extra heart up in my health meter. <laughs> I guess it makes sense too. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe if somebody sees it, like you said, as as a lifestyle, or it's just kind of like something that they they need rather than that exists just as a thing that they need rather than something that you make. If there's even some kind of greater separation there, I don't know. Then it's more likely that they're disconnected from the idea that they would need to leave a tip, even though I, you know always try to uh, maybe maybe not so subtly, you know, spin around the iPad and be like, and here is where you leave a tip. Uh, <laughs> yeah, spin around the iPad is such a, a, a 2018 thing. Spin around the iPad for my <laughs> acai bowl is the most 2018 <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Well, Saul, yeah, thank- exactly. This is, this is what it means to be a millennial and work now, you know, sitting around <laughs> an iPad all day. Well, Saul, thank you for calling in. Uh, let me know if you got a Twitter name. Let us know. No, no, no Twitter. But uh, you know, I'm involved in some DSA stuff down here, NC uh, Piedmont DSA. So uh, you know, look out for us and shit on Twitter. And um, I don't know. I, I just got got back to work at this spot. I, I worked here for a little while for the last like year. So I'm back because I'm on hard time. So I'll, I'm sure I'll need to call in and complain again. Well, sweet. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, have a good night, y'all. Thanks. You too. Break time, baby. You ready for a break, Brett? Yeah, I need a you break. Need a break. You need to My stretch your leggies. Heavy. You need to stretch your leggies. Get some weed in your head. Something. We got some music for you. Uh, we're gonna start out with vacation. Pyro hippies. Oh God. Last week I was so good. This week, not so much. Pyro hippies by vacation.
Till the truth comes bubbling up so bittersweet There's no point in getting out of bed When you ain't living the dream Like a maker of the old part of coffee When you ain't got no dream Thank you for listening to Street Fight Radio. It's 12.53 a.m. You're listening on WCRS 92.7 or 98.3 if you're inside 270 here in Columbus, Ohio. We're coming to you out of the Free Press Studios here in downtown. We're a part of the Pacifica Radio Network. I want to say, uh, give a shout out because it is a big day for celebration. A shout out to Mad Mike Hughes for flying that rocket 1,800 feet into the air to get a better look at the horizon to do the kind of independent research. So thank you uh, for doing that flat earth research for us, kind of stuff that NASA isn't willing to do these days. Uh, So, yeah. Saw my guy getting carried out on a stretcher, though. I I mean, mean, he, he risked a lot. 
Exactly. You take the risk. I mean, it's a lot of risk for a lot of reward. I wonder what he saw. We need to find out what he saw. Yeah, I can't wait to see what happened. I can't wait to see his report when he reports back to us and what he exactly, the the view is like from up there. Because a lot of people haven't had that. Is this going to be the first guy that's like, I thought it was flat. It's not. Sorry. Wow. He could be a plant. I mean, he could just have seen the right. curvature. Like, oh, it was. There it is. Shit. Okay. Well, I'm a scientist. I see it. I'm, I'm okay. You okay, know? I have to accept it. We'll see. We'll see. I, I would love to see it. See. I mean, when we originally talked about this guy, it seemed like maybe he wasn't fully flat well, earther. He's an inspirational story. <laughs> he was a 60-year-old limousine driver from Las Vegas, Nevada, um, that went decided to become a renegade scientist. I think that a lot of us need those type of stories in our lives to give us some sort of hope for the future. I mean, Brett and I are kind of renegade scientists in a way. We fill our body with all kinds of chemicals and see what happens, you know? Yeah, we have theories about the social sciences that aren't taught in the books. <laughs> you know, why, why, why don't we look into a news story real quick before we, we get into these calls? You want to okay. try that? Sure, you let me just to... say that uh, we are going to be performing live this Friday in, at, New, uh, at New York City. In New York City, Littlefield is the name of the place. You can go to littlefieldnyc.com to get tickets. It's only $10. Uh, We'll be defending our tag team comedy belts to anybody that thinks they can take them. Uh, We are going to put on the best show that night in New York City, so please be there uh, because it's going to be a showdown. All right. So this is from the NBC in the Bay Area. Yelp has received several complaints after users realized it had been cleaning up poor reviews posted on an Oakland coffee shop's business page after its involvement in a controversy that made headlines last month. Hostum Huerta Coffee Shop in Oakland's Fruitvale District has been under, a fi- under fire since it announced it will not serve officers in uniform and has since suffered on Yelp. A photo posted to the employee-owned co-op's Instagram read, Talk to your neighbors, not the police. The post continues about an exchange with a uniformed officer on February 16th and very clearly states, We have a policy of asking police officers to leave for the physical and emotional safeties of our customers and of ourselves. The sergeant who was turned away from the shop last month said he was surprised but walked out without incident and without any coffee. After the incident, Yelp reportedly cleaned up reviews that focused on the news and not the actual coffee shop, and this has caused people to get angry. One of the posts from Ticha B. in Los, An- in Los Angeles says, repost from three days ago, Yelp deleted my original comment, and, and um, it says, when you serve weak coffee and you also bring the biased policies and views towards anyone, you shouldn't be in business. I, I want to bring this up, and maybe the other callers can talk about it. I think Yelp's bad. I'm finally on the side of like, I can't, I got to quit using Yelp. I think because of these sorts of things where they like, where people will just bomb them with one star reviews. And then that hurts the business of a place that But they were cleaning it up. Yelp was cleaning it up. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they were after months of people coming in there and, and knocking the, the, the reviews one month. Did it say one month? It happened in February. Okay. Well, I don't think Yelp's to blame. I think Yelp did the right thing. I mean, it's because this, and it goes both ways though, because everybody wants to go leave bad Yelp reviews from all over the country as some sort of way to get retribution against a business they don't like. 
and I don't think that those should be held as valid. Like, yeah. you know exactly where everybody is posting these things from. You know they've never been close to San Francisco. You track them everywhere they go. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I just wanted to get that in there. You know, if, is Yelp bad, I guess? Yelp can... is bad for other reasons because they do call you on the phone and tell you that they can get rid of your negative reviews if you have, like, a premium plan. That's what they were doing years ago. Is like, hey, we can make those one star reviews disappear if you pay us money. You know, <laughs> that's kind of funny though, and and like, I I don't mean to be mean. It's just like, what a scam! What a scam! I think somebody told me Google reviews is good. I'm a, I'm gonna start I'm gonna start shooting for Google reviews now. That's all. Yelp is what everybody up. uses in the city, though. Well, that's true. That is true. Yelp. I mean, it's just like, it sucks because when you see a three and a half star place or a two star place, you're like, I'm definitely not going to eat there. And it's like, well, it could just be that they didn't want to serve cops, you know, which then that makes me more likely to want to go there. (laughs) I get mad at cops. They get so much free coffee and stuff. Like they can just walk into a lot of gas stations and fill up a mug of coffee, you know, Eh, a cab, whatever. Let's get some calls in. All right. Let's see. Uh, uh, who, where are they at? Where are they at? Where are they at? Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Uh, you're not turned up yet. Hold on. What's up? Howdy. Who are we talking to? This is Liam in New York. What's up, Liam? How are you? The man, the callers are fired up tonight. I'm doing good. They are. They, the callers are fired up. We got a we got a long queue, and everybody's doing good tonight. And acai bowl is definitely. I'm- a lot of people are fighting against the acai bowl preparation time, I know. Not me, though. I'm, I'll eat one. If somebody give me an acai bowl, I'm going to try it. I read an article during the break there about them, and I'm like, hmm, really? Sounds you need like- that ancient, you got them ancient antioxidants. <laughs> yes, I do. From the Brazilian rainforest. Yeah. What's going on tonight, uh, Liam? Well, I just wanted, I'm going to keep it short and sweet, but I want to let you guys know we're all coming to the New York show. Everybody is coming. It's gonna be, it's gonna be great, and I'm just excited to be there. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. And this time we're not doing two shows, so we probably will be able to find a place to hang out afterwards with everybody, right? Yeah, I won't be ready to die and fall asleep as soon as it, two shows is like eh, time to take a nap after. I was like ready to go home when I yeah, was there, fried. There's some good places over there. There's some big places too, like Dinosaur Barbecue over there. Is- yeah, seat a ton of people, and it's not too far. That heavy metal uh, bar across the street really captured my imagination when we were there last time. Uh, <laughs> like, when I was standing outside, and there's just the, and you do not see this in Columbus. I'm standing outside across from this bar, and it's just blaring, like, really heavy metal. It wasn't like, they weren't, like, playing, like, uh, you know, I've walked by places and heard Pantera or something, but I, I'm standing across from this place, I'm like, oh, this is like the Black Dahlia murder type music, Poison the Well, <laughs> sorts of that. See, now metal people are gonna be like, god, you suck. I just, I haven't listened to metal in years, you know? What do you want me to say? But I quit with, I quit when the new metal went out of style. <laughs> yeah, you can get away with some stuff in Gowanus Hill, so it'll be cool. Yeah, it's I love I I love New York. I like we said when we came back last time. I'm so excited. We're back there. Uh, I think we're there when we're there Wednesday night, but then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then we're leaving Sunday. Uh, we're we're doing Katie Halper's show while we're out there. 
Uh, we got Rachel and Kath on the WBAI, show. WBAI, baby. Yeah, we got Rachel and Kath on the show. Nice. We got we got uh, some judges that are really cool. We got we're gonna have T there, and we're gonna have uh, my buddy Aaron and Alex Press, and it's the show is the concept for the show is really cool, and I think you guys are really gonna enjoy it. I can't wait. I'm bringing everybody. Thank you. Thank you for bringing everybody. It makes it worth it. Like, that's the thing about New York is it's always worth it to go because a lot of people come to the shows and it's New York. It's just you people are so lucky you get to live there. I'm just I don't don't know how you pull it off. I know I all of our I, I mean, I don't know how anybody lives there money wise, but it's a wonderful place. I very much like it. I don't know. You know what the confusing thing about New York is, Brett? Everybody we know there smokes. And cigarettes are as much as an acai bowl there. <laughs> yeah, it's like fifteen dollars a pack. Yeah, I don't buy, I don't smoke cigarettes, but I know they're they're expensive. They're very expensive here. Well, well Liam, we'll yeah. hang out with you after the show. Uh, thank you for calling, and and uh, thank you for coming yeah, to the thanks, show. Guys. In advance, right, and awesome. it, thank you in advance for coming to the show. Hopefully, nothing comes up. Then I'm going to resend that. Thank you. <laughs> All right. That's cool. That's cool. That's one person coming to the like a lot we of the count pe- that a lot of the people that respond when we announce a show are people that can't make it. And it, it makes me nervous that nobody can make it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, no. That's the week everybody leaves town. <laughs> yeah. So who we got? Who we got? Oh, we're burning through these calls, aren't we? Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, this is Yakub in uh, Atlanta. What's up, Yakub? We like lo- we we've been to Atlanta. We love Atlanta. It's it's warm there. What's going on tonight? Yeah, it's a great town. It's actually quite chilly for Atlanta tonight. It feels like I think it's like the thirties or forties. Uh, Join the club. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, I, I can't complain. I'm a Yankee originally. I'm from Jersey, but um, uh, so I shouldn't be complaining about these winners. They're quite pleasant. Yeah, yeah. What got you down to Atlanta? You work in movies or something? That's what I always assume. No, that's funny you say that, though. Um, I used to. I used to act, but um, I I do music um, and grocery retail um, for the insurance gig, if you will. But um, what's it called? No, I came down for my partner. Um, she uh, went to med. Oh, ooh, I'm not supposed to say that so specifically. She went to medical care, into uh, health care providing um, down here, and we ended up staying. It's really rad. Yeah. It's really great down here. I, I can't, I could never move somewhere that's warm most of the year and then move away. I Brett moved to Texas, and I feel like a little bit of his spirit was left down there. <laughs> Sometimes during the winters when he's cold, I'm like, oh, poor boy, was was there. It was, nice. it was hot there all the time. You could ride your bike in the winter there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I went there in October. It was fucking 100 degrees. Oh, yeah. Texas. Actually, my family all relocated to Austin. Um, so I'm fucking with those Texas uh, seasons now. Although Atlanta's weird, it's not different that different from the Northeast. To be honest, it's just a little more extreme. But the uh, 
the pleasant um, parts of the year really are stretched out super long, which is cool, like fall and spring. Yeah. So, yeah, you can definitely ride year-round. And there's, like, so many people moving down there. That's one of those places that's filling up with people. <laughs> like, they make the Avengers there and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the um, – since I'm in grocery retail, I encounter a lot of the crew and stuff. Uh, I, yeah, it's wild. Too many – I, I'm sorry. It's Go just ahead. wild how many. It's it's wild that they just uh, somehow somebody decided like we're just gonna make all the movies in Atlanta now. <laughs> it's almost like when I was growing up, it was Vancouver. They were always like we're gonna make movies in Vancouver. Oh, yeah. So like that movie Rumble in the Bronx, that was like it was supposed yeah. to be New York, but you could oh, see yeah. mountains in the background. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, well, it's tax breaks, baby. It's dirt cheap and no union uh, power. Yeah. So it's a right to work. So they they clean up down here. Um, but yeah, and it certainly ruins your like suspension of disbelief when watching TV ever because like it's all just like different angles of the same five <laughs> locations in Atlanta. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. That's why one of the reasons I want to go see Ready Player One now is that it's supposed to take place here, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder if they got the skyline right. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll say that it could pull off Columbus. I actually have only been to Columbus. Oh, Columbus is the only place in the Midwest I've ever been. I went there once. It was actually, oddly enough, to canvas for Obama in 2008. Um, but I seem to recall the layout being not indifferent. It, to me, it's crazy because I grew up in the suburb of New York, and it was a very, always a very clear sort of like river city like very you know differentiation between the burbs and the city yeah but these towns that are laid out where it's like these it's really lovely it's so green and verdant down here it's just sort of like you know a lot of houses just sort of spread around um yeah yeah I what's thought, it called i just go ahead yeah i mean i thought that when i moved back to ohio even is like i feel like i'm in the forest when i'm on the freeway here just because they have trees and stuff on the side you know dallas was very much concrete everywhere so it didn't have the same kind of forest feeling. But uh, even the South yeah. the south is our favorite place to drive because of that, too. And the truck stops are incredible down there. <laughs> Dude, I, brought, I am so happy you brought that up because I was, I'm, I'm a super nerd fan because I work 5 a.m. shift um, at the store, so I've got a podcast in my ear. So I was I was hoping to hit a deep cut when I an old episode I remember you t- you went on a great uh, sort of tangent on uh, Tennessee truck stops. They're um, they're the best trucks. Tennessee has the best truck stops, I think. So I, actually, I, I can't say that. in the Northeast. It's not really truck stops, but their rest areas are something else. They're just well, something to behold. <laughs> the Northeast rest areas are clean and like they're like a mall. But the, I mean, South has all oh, the charm yeah. and all of the good stuff. You can get like a a bag full of peaches. You can get all kinds of pecans and the moonshine and stuff. So I think that wins out for me. Well, yes, yeah, certainly in terms of the local like produce and you know uh, uh, hooch, I guess. Like you could definitely score in some spots. But then there's like so one anecdote that I. Uh, um, I have for Tennessee truck stops actually is when we first moved down here, my um, partner she was going on it to on you know like a rafting trip or something up in uh, the like mountains in Tennessee, and she said she went to this tr- this gas station and 
um, it was sort of like the town's main hangout. It seemed like the the whole like um, everybody was like congregating there. They, and they have a food in there, that, like a diner, like a flat top grill to cook hamburgers. Yeah, he, I, something like that. Um, but everyone's just like hanging out at the like lunch counter, seemed dinery. Um, but the first thing that she observed us being from the northeast, she was like, "All right, so there was like." pickled meat in jars there, <laughs> which was, I found it extremely upsetting to think about. I was like, oh, that, although, I mean, I've seen some weird shit in New York, obviously, yeah. but like, still, I was like, all right, well, that's, that's a little off-putting. And she said, and this is, I think, the most important detail, everybody was just like drinking milk. Yeah, that's weird. And I weird. was like, what? That sounds very Southern. That, that sounds very sounds Tennessee, like, though. Really? It's like, I mean, I, I mean, if it was like, cool, like, maybe it was like the local Southern Milk, but to me, um, Southern Milk, uh, you know what I mean, from a farm. But um, what's it called? But to me, the first place my mind went, I was like, this sounds very body snatchers, sort of, you know, like uh, <laughs> like an alien sort of <laughs> invasion. They're like, what do humans do? They congregate as their fuel, you know, like just drinking milk. I don't know. There's something very off in Twilight Zone about it. The place we stopped in Tennessee on the way down to Atlanta that was absolutely incredible was like, a, it, it seemed like a, like a hole in the wall. Like we pulled up. There were only two gas pumps, but there were like a hundred trucks. There were so many trucks there. They were leasing out part of their, Whoa. they would like rent out part of their property. And we pull in there and... There was a guy eating an entire pint of ice cream, just sitting at a table by himself eating a pint of ice cream. But as you walk back to go to the bathroom, you smell like these really strong smell of cigarettes. And there's this little room and people are sitting in front of slot machines, smoking cigarettes and playing slots at this gas station. And it was incredible. Windowless? Yeah. No. Yeah. There wasn't. It was dark. The room was like. There were no lights in there other than the slot machines. And I just felt like this is such an incredible, like, it was like almost like art to me. I would buy a painting that, <laughs> that looked like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's something like, there's something super profound and nuanced about, like, just seeing people smoking, sitting in front of gambling. I mean, it's really like, I feel like you could touch it, tap into some sort of capitalist themes and you know all that shit before before ohio uh, before columbus got their casino we had these places where you could sit and do video slot machines they were called internet cafes is kind of what they called them and they they were in strip malls and they were just small rooms with tables with a bunch of computers and people were going in those places and gambling and it it, like i mean it's kind of like the difference yeah. between like the it's kind of for me the difference between like punk and like prog rock right where it's like the casino <laughs> oh is, nice the casino is this big like production it's this huge thing it's intricate everything's put together <laughs> and then there's these like punk gambling places where it's like well you can buy a uh, one of those they sell little bags of chips there and you can sit in front of a computer and and i mean you're still getting the same thing you're just not getting all of the bells and whistles and all of the hospitality and stuff like that no you're absolutely right yeah because, man, it's, it's, i mean i go to the casino a few times a week and i don't really fall for the any of it and the only reason i go there is because it's the only place in town where you can play a hand of cards and win money from it and take it home you know, there's no fees associated with it or anything. This is the, like, sanctioned place to do it. 
But if there, if I could just walk to somewhere on the corner and there was a machine set up that I could put money into and play, I would be fine doing that. So much more. When people tell me, in, <laughs> people will be like, in Vegas, they have uh, slot machines at the airport. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> like, you can just get a gamble in real quick while you're waiting for your plane. I like it. I, yeah, it's I like, why know, the hell not? I don't know why the, there's more. It, it's It's almost like. Maybe it's like seeing a concert in a place that you're not supposed to see a concert in a way, like at, at like house shows, right? Like it, it's almost that to me. There's it's a house show, but for gambling, <laughs> yeah, it's romantic. I don't know yeah. why. Well, I mean, you're driving trucks all night well, long. You have extra money. They're drug testing the shit out of you, so you're not, you know, you don't know you're flush with cash, and you're like, let's see where this hundred dollar goes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I. Well, think it's like. I, I found that in Texas, too, that the zoning laws in Texas are really lax. And there was something really romantic about, like, you could go to a – there were gas stations with restaurants just – or a bar just connected to the gas station. Like, it's so ruthlessly oh, yeah. zoned in the north in, – in, in the northern part of the country. Uh, like, everything is, like, ruthlessly zoned. There's, there's not these sorts of, like, places that are dual purpose. And uh, – seeing oh, that yeah. is oh, so yeah. cool to me it's it's really yeah i find i find it very counterintuitive coming from the northeast like yeah i remember it's like when we went to austin the first time we we're like all right like the food obviously is what we're doing that's all we we did but like it's like all right there's this really good burger place uh, she's like it's, it's right there i was like the gas station she was like yeah it's like apparently the best burgers in the city or something i was like all right i mean we ate at a gas station. Brett took us to a gas station when my wife and I brought my family down to Dallas when Brett lived there. And they took us to a gas station to eat tacos. Like, it was just, it was the taco place. And it was like, let's go to this gas station oh, yeah. and eat some tacos. Oh. And there was a goddamn the, bull yeah, next to it, too. <laughs> well, and and so oh, I, yeah. I know there's other politics involved with this. But there is, like, somebody that sells corn in front of, like, every popular store down there, too. Yeah. Like, it's a way to get by, but it's also, like, I mean, we should really have someone selling corn outside of every single store. That's a good idea. It's I, want, I want a low taste, you know? It's like, we talk about, yeah. we even had a thing on this show recently that there's a big comp the big company in town is all the big companies in town kind of use the same people to, to do their cafeteria food, right? Seni uh, Services, yeah. I think is what it's called. I don't know. It's one of those places... And like so, they all use the same cafeterias, and as part as the as part of the contract, food trucks can't park by these places. So there's this like whole uh. cut off part of the city where you can't sell food because this cafeteria company wants you to have to buy the food in that cafeteria. And like, uh, it's like, that's what, awful. Wouldn't they, it be awesome? Yeah, wouldn't it be awesome if you could just pull up on the side of the road and get tacos from somebody? Like, if somebody could just set up shop? That seems like the most capitalist thing. That's I can't... I don't know how we live in a capitalist country and you're not allowed to do that. Well, and, the, and, and yeah, the, those are very against everything I thought these, like, patriots were willing to kill people for. I know! <laughs> I know. You, like, when you talk about, like... You can't run a restaurant out of your house, and you're like, why not? Well, I mean, I want to invite people yeah. in and cook food for them. What the hell, man? Well, and then that was actually when I yeah. moved, when I moved to Dallas. Um, 
food trucks were illegal. There was a law against cars parking on like a sidewalk or something or vehicles parking on a sidewalk. And uh, when they changed the law, there was this gigantic boom of them. And people were just going nuts oh, about it. Great. I mean, there was just like all these articles being written that was like, I walked down to a public park and I, I ate food from a truck. And this, and, and oh, like, just all, like the novelty of it. Yeah. <laughs> and the brick and mortar th- places get so mad about it, but it's like, well, why make a tax? Why? That's like a tax on people. Like, I have this skill, but I'm not allowed to apply my trade because I can't afford real estate in some place. It's it's not fair it, it, because like I've seen people defend the laws against food trucks because they say they hurt brick and mortar businesses. I don't believe that. I believe that people will no, s- want to sit down at a restaurant. Thing. Yeah, they're two th- different things. Yeah, food truck. It's like it, I mean in Austin and stuff like the food truck parks, but like. There are a few in New York and stuff. It's like, yeah, if I want something while well, I'm literally walking, but sometimes I don't want to be fucking literally. It's like when you're talking about the um, open carry or whatever, open carry, you know what I mean? The Open the, container in uh, New Orleans, which booth. is the coolest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. Which I love the idea. It's cool. But on a practical level, I never want to be fucking walking around. Or not frequently would I want to be walking around with an open drink. Like I, I'm, I'm a mess. I would just completely spill that shit on myself, <laughs> or like I don't know, lose, lose it somehow, or like I don't know. They have drive-through daiquiri. Air conditioner would trip into it. I mean, you can drive. When I was there, the most shocking thing in New, the, when I was in Louisiana, mm-hmm. I went to Baton Rouge for a wedding, sure. and uh, I go to this gas station, uh-huh. and they have. Tra- singles of beer that they sell there like single cans of it they don't do that here you can't bust apart a 12 pack and sell it there's a state minimum sort of thing i don't, I don't know what it is and uh yeah my mind completely went crazy when i saw a guy buy one and then open it and walk out of the store drinking and i was like you can't you can't do that somebody's gonna come and <laughs> tackle you dude calm down you know absolutely it's unbelievable <laughs> yeah that- it seems it's scary because, I mean, it, even with the zoning, we talk about, like, the ruthless zoning. Like, in Ohio, you have to build a fence in front of your building, and people aren't allowed past the fence to drink outside. It's so fucking weird, man. Oh, uh, that is so that is so odd. It's like uh, having an electric, yeah, a dog collar on. Like, no, um, But, when, yeah, imagine, the, but I think the Lonnie's, the Lonnie's would fucking, if, like, they're in New Orleans, and the weed laws ever get liberal, the Lonnie's will be killing it, just like opening up those individual, like whatever Molson ices, and like walking outside and lighting up a spliff and just fucking strutting. I don't feel yeah, like I, I really. I I got to tell you though, and this is just from looking at other places that have legalized weed and legalized recreational weed. They are not going to be as laid back about weed as they are about alcohol down down there. There, oh, no, weed is going to be a completely. And and that's what sucks because like even in Ohio when they legalize it, we aren't mm-hmm. still not allowed to like go to a place and sit and you know rent a volcano and and sit and yeah, sit they're in a make circle it as together. Fucking unpleasant as possible. Yeah, you have to go home to do it. They don't want you doing it in public. They don't want they don't yeah. want there to be gathering places for people to do marijuana, which blows my mind because it's so much scarier. To have gathering places where people are drinking like whiskey. You know? No, I mean I think the, if I oh, were if fucking I, 
If I had to make the call, I'd outload, outlaw a lot of those beer festivals, man. Oh, my you, God. You shouldn't hand somebody two dozen drink oh, tickets and tell yeah. them that they can just try this shit. They will. They will open up oh a, a whole. There's a place. There's a 2,000. No, there's a 5,000 seat venue in Columbus. Uh, that's an outdoor music venue. And they do a beer festival there. And when I was driving for Lyft, I would pick people up and the guy would be like, I had 15 beers and his girlfriend's like 15. They had like 15 IPAs and his girlfriend's like sleeping and like writhing around in the car because she's had that much beer. In a coma. If you did 15 joints. You'd be fine still. I mean, you'd probably be freaking out a little bit. Well, and they're supposed to be one-ounce pours, but then everybody's like, I'll help you out. I'm one of the good brewers, you know? I want to make sure you're fuck up, fucked up. Yeah. That, those Give everyone are... alcohol poisoning. And it's all... It, it, it is really... It is all, like, middle-class to upper-middle-class white dudes. that, And that's why they're not threatened by, like, being, like... Have twenty three one ounce beers today. <laughs> one ounce IPAs. Come here. <laughs> we'll put some food trucks here, and you can try all the strongest beer ever made. <laughs> last year they had last oh, year in Ohio God. at the convention center they had a gin and vodka mm. fest. Imagine a gin and vodka Jesus festival. Right. <laughs> the most fucking. The most fucking aggressive alcohols like. <laughs> The ones that you feel your like your esophageal lining just like <laughs> corrode. I mean, Jesus, and making people, I'm sure, just insane. Vi- yeah, they should I'm call like, that violence yeah. fest because <laughs> there's no way it ends other than violence. It was like a fifteen dollar admission, right? Woof. You get in there, and you're. Just, I mean, you can only do a shot of that shit. You know, and people probably trying 47 yeah. different types of whiskey because everybody oh here is God. a brewer or a distiller now. <laughs> like they loosen the laws in Ohio for for what you're allowed to do. And I'm 100 percent for it. Don't think I'm against any of this stuff. I love it. I love that people are going and getting hammered at the convention center. I think it's sweet. Yeah. No, <laughs> in principle, I'm totally 100 percent into this. But it's a like, place. It's, it's, it's a yeah. situation you don't want to put yourself like you wouldn't want to put yourself in that situation. But at the same time, like all, all yeah, we're fighting like, for is I to mean, have like a bongs and board game fest or something. Yeah. You know, like all we want is yeah. we. That's all. Like we're not looking. It wouldn't even get that wild. No, you could do, dude. No, you could do a dab. Maybe some fest. disoriented people. Maybe for the lost. Dab know, fest. Just, yeah, just dab fest. Just dab different fest. kinds of dabs. And you can just do concentrates the whole day, and people would probably sleep on the probably be asleep. Yeah, we would need a cot area. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There would have to, de- yeah, there would definitely need to be street, um, street side sort of recliner situation. We'll bring or, in some yurts, big, you know, <laughs> yurts. <Yeah. laughs> people love those, especially dad people. Yeah, it's why I, ju- I just, I, I think that like. Uh, I think it's odd the way that they're in Denver. They really, I mean, you can't touch that weed until you're out of that store. It's, it's pretty regimented the way that it all works. Only a certain amount of people in there at the same time and stuff, but it's like, they don't have that same concern about alcohol. And you know, a guy like Jeff Sessions probably fucking downs a half a bottle of like cheap whiskey every night before he goes to bed and then rides around the bed and screams about marijuana users. (laughs) 
damn rapist! Yeah, I can't imagine. Well, hey, I'm really enjoying shooting the shit, but I should be a good street fighter and let some other folks get in here. Well, thank you for yeah. that. Oh. You guys share that time. That's the nicest yeah. thing anybody's ever done on this show, including <laughs> Brett and I. <laughs> no, man. Uh, I feel like other people, yeah, I don't know. Well, I'll call in again. That's how I'll be selfish. But what's it called? Two weeks. I'll, uh, let me just plug uh, two weeks. We're back in two weeks. This is the last call-in show for two oh, weeks. Oh, yeah. Not really, That's though. Cool. We're going to be in New know. Orleans. I'll, I'll... Yeah, two weeks. Next oh, week, yeah, not yeah. one. The week after, not one. And then... So three weeks, we'll be back. We'll be back after. There's the two the weeks week. <laughs> Two weeks and We'll off. be back for the third. Well, the we're near, back indefinitely. Near. And it's starting to sound like some people might be coming into town to do shows with us and stuff. We might have a lot. We might have some guests this year on okay. the call-in show. So. Okay. Okay. That'd be really rad. That'd be that'd be cool. Uh, what's it called? But uh, pl- um, what's it called? Yeah, no, I wish I was as, as charismatic as the big guy. I have to cultivate my supporting character personality. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, workshop it. Uh, you're great. You yeah, did great. Yeah, it was yeah, fun. You know, uh. Thanks, man. I feel like, yeah, the audience. What's it called? Let me plug my music. So, um, Moloch, M-O-L-O-Q. I actually sent Brett. Brett and I have talked a little online. I sent him um, our kind of fuck police violence song that we did. But um, you guys should fuck with it. I think you dig it. Yeah, um, I love um, I You're yeah. a follower of Moloch's teachings? <laughs> this sounds like an <laughs> inquisition now. Child sacrifice? Yeah, are you into that stuff? Um, uh, yeah, you know, every now and then. <laughs> You're a good sport. I dabble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, the music is Depending good. I did occasion. like the song. I get a lot of music that, um, uh, isn't great, but I liked yours. Uh, it was interesting. It was very modern, I would have to say, uh, that you have an ear for... <laughs> very what... modern. Yes, you have an ear for what, uh, people today need to hear. So, I did enjoy it. Thanks, man. All right, fellas. Have a good night. You too. We have so many, like, so many devil people listening to this show, you know? I know. All of them. That's cool, though. I mean, the left is a big tent. And, exactly. Uh, followers we, of Moloch are welcome. Follow- <laughs> I love that. Flat Earthers, followers of Moloch. <laughs> you know, just everybody, really. We're, just, we're trying to build a big tent, baby. <laughs> Uh, Brad, I just saw this uh, question on crazy, uh, crazy bitches and sick, sick bastards. One of my favorite <laughs> groups on Facebook. I'm gonna ask you real quick: What drink made you never want to drink again? Ooh, Jim Beam. Jim Beam, huh? Yeah, we did Mario Party. <laughs> okay, and if you lost, you had to drink. Oh no! And I was not the best at no. Mario Party. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good question, though, right? Like, yeah, I drank most of that bottle and was just retching sick all night long. Yeah, Jim Beam's a bad one. I was one of the times when I was like, okay, so it's really cool that you drank all that whiskey, dude. But it also isn't cool that you missed out on, like, the party. <laughs> you know, like, it would have been better to be at the party I dr- instead of throwing up. Mine was a thing, and I drank this a few times. It was called Black Jack. Mm. Mad Jack, maybe it was black licorice flavored Yukon Jack. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know why. I, I do liked like you. I'm a snake bite guy too. I was a Yukon Jack. Buy I, me a snake bite, and you'll be my best friend. Yeah, I liked. Uh, I also liked uh, the Yukon uh, Jack, the the uh, the scope tasting kind, the uh, mint mint. I Yukon never Jack met, had blue. the flavored. 
Well, that's all I had. I, you know how I drink. You know how I be drinking. <laughs> yeah, you were very bad at it for a very short amount of time. Flavors, lots of flavors. flavors. I gotta get those flavors in there. I started on flavors. Special Brew was my first. Like, I'm cool. I'm a kid, and I can. I'm fucking with alcohol drink. I love that stuff. I loved Special Brew. The blue shit. I like the lemon. Mm, yeah, it just yeah. tasted like beer mixed with yeah. lemonade, though. It never, it never really transcended those flavor. No, no, it wasn't <laughs> as tra- it wasn't as good as like a Capri Sun or anything. No, no. <laughs> it wasn't like good as my Jalousits. Man, this is so bad. This girl we knew that worked at the drive-through was allowed to have a tab on her paycheck, and she just wanted to be our friend so bad that. I, mean, I just drank for free every single day for like a month. And she was getting like $65 paychecks. <laughs> I always feel, I think about it now. I'm like, why you do that for? Chase why her down. You do that. You should give her a like, you should send her like an alcohol gift <laughs> set in the mail or something. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna, I sent you a crate of wine. It's on me. It's a payback for, uh, you know, you took care of me in my meager times. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad about like I think about stuff like that, and I'm like, what? Why? Oh, I wish you wouldn't have let me take advantage of you, which is so rude because no, I'm the bullshit. bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that. I'm the bad guy here. I you wish know? you weren't raised so weak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. I, I, you know, I'm making amends still. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you got a lot to work on. <laughs> 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 Let's see who is on the phone here. Uh, thank you for calling Street Fight. How you doing? Hey guys. Hey, what's can up? How are you? Yeah, we can hear you. Oh damn! Well, this is surreal. Uh, <laughs> hey, well, this is Dave in uh, Rochester, New York. Okay, cool. Uh, long time listener. We're very against. Uh, I think you're one of our uh, minor league baseball rivals, if I must say, Rochester. We used to make fun is of you. Is that name. right? You know, what's your who's your what is the I, team? Do you know the, the do you know your minor league baseball team's name? No, I don't. I'm not even really from Rochester. I'm okay. from Downstate, but well, that's where I am. You're uh, you're an enemy, but thank you, thank you for calling. In. Well, you know, I'm going to find out because uh, I've been meaning to start follow some, following some local sports. It sounds like people go to these games and just drink beer. Yeah, that's um, what sport Red Wings. Cool with me. Yeah. Y'all are the Red Wings, and you're a rival of the Columbus Clippers. Is yeah, what's going on. you're already on thin ice. You might as well go all the way. <laughs> no, that I mean, sounds right. Local sports really is just a way to go get drunk fairly cheap. Like AAA baseball is not the beer. There's five dollar nights, dude. The Columbus Clippers have five dollar. They do their um, craft brew nights where it's only five bucks for those things. People are getting them heady brews. And just, you know, not paying attention to the game and getting getting hit with foul balls. <laughs> they do those dollar – they do the dollar dog night, and then they also – and people just – I mean, basically – Oh, the diamond dog night. That was the, that was the one. Yeah, and it's like it, – well, I heard I heard on this podcast about a 10-cent beer night in, in history sometime in, like, the 80s. Yeah, that when, they uh, stopped doing. Apparently, that. a bunch of fans got into a fight. Yeah, <laughs> well, there was the, more the, to the, that. The dollop had a great uh, episode about that. Yeah, there was a little more to that because what it That's was. I heard it. What it was was it was ten cent beer night, but it was also disco sucks night. So you got a bunch <laughs> of the craziest mouth breathers in the world in the same place to get mad about disco and then you got them hammered and then you were breaking cds i mean that to me if you pitch that idea to me i'd be like i mean it sounds sweet because it's going to be a riot but it's definitely going to be a riot very aggro (laughs) i mean that seems like for some reason i feel 
I feel like there was a time in history when people just thought that uh, large groups of white men would behave well in circumstances against all actual reason. No, you're right, too. I mean, like, and I, I was around when, okay, so there was a big amphitheater here that would have OzFest every year, right? And I would go to this thing every year. And the first year, they were serving the beer and the water in the bottles. So the beer bottles were plastic. They weren't glass or anything. And yeah. they were probably just like, oh, this group of really drunk metal people are probably going to behave, right? So what ended up happening <laughs> was they they filled the water bottles with dirt and sod and were throwing them at each other and at the stage. And then from <laughs> then on, you, you could never get a cup. Like They put everything in a plastic cup. They're like, we just... It's all cups from here on out. No more bottles for people. Cup seems easier to get dirt in, though. Yeah, but you can't. It doesn't stay in when you throw. It's not a hard uh, like projectile. Right, you can't whip it as hard. And it's that's the thing about it, right? It's like we were trying to hurt each other. Like it wasn't even like a fun <laughs> thing. Everybody was like, "Oh, I'm going to fill this thing with a bunch of dirt and throw it as hard as I can I know, at somebody." <laughs> when I was a kid, if I really liked no the sense babies, of, of empathy. Yeah. yeah, I just throw my shoe at him. Yeah, yeah, you you you, you, <laughs> you, you threw a beer at the Mars Volta, so that's yeah. a classic Brett Payne oh. thing. Hey, they were dicks. You know what? <laughs> they were bad. Yeah, you can't you can't go oh, up on stage fair. and be a dick, and then expect people in the audience that are really drunk and holding beers in their hands not to throw them at you. Yeah, we came here for some release. Well, yeah, we came here for release. I do definitely believe in you know retribution. Like if you <laughs> if you do something to a group of people, you can't expect them not to retaliate. It goes back to the cops and you know whether yeah. or not people are allowed to resist them. Well, what's going on tonight in Rochester? You know, Mars Volta and the cops. Yeah, Mars Volta. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just not much. I just got off of a long shift delivering pizzas, which is honestly why I called in. I'm never actually awake and like thinking at this time it's a good job pizza delivery guys pizza delivery guys are unsung heroes to street fight yeah we love them i i've had a lot of jobs in the last year i've actually i think i've had like four jobs in the last year and this pizza delivering job one is one of if not the best because first of all i met a great dealer at my job yeah well pizza place that's true Best place to find it. And, you know, I just drive around and listen to Street Fight and fucking and get tips at the end of the night, which I love. And then I have cash, and I just love having cash in my hands. It's so yeah, it's good. Feels so much better. I, even, when I take, even when I've taken money out of the bank and it's in my hands and it's already come out of the account, I love it. I love having, the, like, just I'm oh, yeah. cash in my hands. Like, I can exchange this for goods and services and it doesn't come out of my like actual pot of money no you don't have to stare at a little computer screen connected to the internet you just hand them a fucking piece of paper and they're like oh that's the real shit <laughs> you can have whatever you want the out only of the store as long as you got enough of that paper <laughs> the only exception is when i uh, get out the money for my rent because i do it in cash and then i just have this seven this money in my hand and, uh, you know, it feels so good to have it, but I know I'm just about to hand it off to some asshole who just bought this building last year. Yeah, that is hurtful. Paying rent in cash is a little wild, I got to tell you. <laughs> that my, my landlord won't even get PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> 
honestly, this whole situation is wild. The guy, like, acquired the building just a couple months ago, and it was just a couple of months after I moved in. Yeah. And, uh, like, we've been late with the rent a couple of times, and then, like, he's not gotten in touch with us, and we've gotten in touch with him to pay it, and we're doing it in cash. It's all it's all pretty strange. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is crazy. But, like, I would be nervous, like, because <laughs> you hear so much about, like, landlords being uh being kind of unscrupulous and it's like i pay you in cash Mm -hmm. and like i know people that have been kicked out of houses that have paid their rent because they weren't using the rent to pay the mortgage you know the the landlord wasn't using the rent to pay the mortgage yeah that's oh wow that's a scary situation yeah actually one of those jobs uh i worked at a law firm here and right here and uh, they were a foreclosure law firm that represented the banks, um, you know, all of the banks. And so my job was mostly in writing, like, letters to people telling them that their home was foreclosed and, like, endless fucking legal documents, you know, those thick papers, which are all just made from templates by paralegals and then signed by the lawyer. Uh-huh. That is... And fucking just what wild shit all those things you know where we had to send letters to 80 residents or whatever and buildings in like brooklyn or whatever because the person who owned the building hadn't paid their rent in forever and then they were going through endless like conferences and whatnot man that is something horrible if you're gonna have to have a government god doesn't that seem like something the government should cover like you can't be kicked yeah. out of your house if you're paying your bills. Basically, <laughs> seems like the most <laughs> fair thing. I think. Like if you're paying your rent, why isn't there something mm-hmm. in place to prevent that from? Ha- why? Why isn't there? Well, you know, it's like, there and it's like there kind of are. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of you know avenues and whatnot, and you know you can contact this person, but it's all such like. Like, it it leads nowhere, you know, and it puts so much on the person to fucking navigate, like, the legal system and know what they have to do. And, of course, banks and big-time landlords can, like, have lawyers with big paralegals, you know, <laughs> yeah. doing it. Yeah, what is their protect? You were about to say they do have a protection. Yeah, hard work and determination and becoming a homeowner and a landlord yourself. That's the best way to protect yourself, you know, Brian. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Yeah, go get a, a lawyer. No, I, I, don't, I don't know that much, and I don't, you know, know much about the protections. What I just mean is, you know, there's so much, there's so much uh, back and forth thing that people can do, and, like, there are times when, you know, they're supposed to respond to this letter. But it's such it's such nonsense because you know the whatever you're supposed to do is buried in so much legalese. Yeah, no yeah. one has ever read. Yeah, <laughs> I can't read none of that stuff. Well, <laughs> thank you for calling in. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, what did I want to tell you? Oh, about Yelp. Um, Yelp is kind of bullshit. You know, I've realized that ever since I met a couple people that told me they write for Yelp. Brett did, and it seems like it's mostly mostly just petty nonsense but i do think that yelp is good like a concept like i think that twitter could kind of be a yelp for people you know to review places and tell you whether or not they're good and why they say that yeah that i i I can agree i mean i like the idea of crowdsourcing that sort of thing i don't know that we need professional food critics to be doing this stuff i and i do know i do also with yelp i know that to which ones to ignore you can tell i know how to break it down yeah 
But a lot of people don't go That's read a lot of the reviews. You know, people don't go and read the reviews. Like a lot of times, you just skip over a place that doesn't have a certain star rating. If that if that makes sense. That yeah. is true. I mean, maybe get rid of the star ratings. Honestly, I don't even think we need like uh, food certifications or health inspectors or anything. We could do all of that stuff with social media. You're preaching to the converted here. We think you should be able to opt <laughs> out and then like put a sign on your door and be like, "I don't do it." And it's like, "Well, okay, I'll still eat that." I, sure. That's a great idea. <laughs> Can I get a peek? That's at a great your, idea. Your but uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, and you know, what you said is exactly what I, I keep coming back to, which is that that's the most capitalist thing. If they're, if they so love free competition, let, let Granny make her cookies and see if it's better than Oreos. Yeah, you know? them apple pies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the, I like the, uh, let Granny make their, their cookies and see if she can beat Oreos. <laughs> that would be fair. That's fair. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, have and a good... that's how we care for the elderly in this country. Yeah, have a good night. <laughs> you um, have a good night, man. Great talk. Been great talking to you guys. It's been crazy. Bye. <laughs> that, yeah, I, I just, I, I'm like, uh, I, I, I'm always for letting more people open their dingus businesses. Whatever. Yeah, I like know. it. If people get sick from it, <laughs> business fails. <laughs> right. I mean, and you... cat baby. <laughs> You'll figure it out. Let's see who's on the air. On the air. Uh, thanks for calling Street Fighter. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Uh, it's Erica. What's up, Erica? How are you? We gotta get you back in here. Maybe when we get back in town. I was gonna ask you to come in you've tonight. Got, you've got four months. Four months? So I months. leave the country. I can't believe it. Yeah, I leave in August. Country. How can you leave Ohio? I'm, in, I'm gonna be gone for an entire year. Where are you going? No. Yeah. I, no. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be your... I'm going to be your Swedish correspondent. I'm going to be reporting in on everything that Swedish people are doing. Um, I'm going to be reporting, like, whatever fermented fish that they're eating (laughs) and they think it tastes good. I don't know. I'm taking care of little children, though. You, it'll be fine. You got to get in that food. You, I mean, the thing is, you got to you got to go over there and you have to do their thing. Yeah, I think. that's my opinion. At Smearing least. sea creatures on crackers isn't the worst thing. <laughs> I I mean, I'm looking forward to like the salmon, but that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. I'm not going to eat whatever that fish is that the BuzzFeed people ate, where it's like if you open the can, you immediately start gagging because it smells so bad. Oh, that's just cowards that do that. That's a coward's way to eat fish. I mean, I'm not going to eat it either, but it's like if you open the can and you gag, you're just being a baby about it. You know, that's like when I was a kid. I'll tell you a quick story. You should be grateful. Yeah. When I was a kid, my stepmom, <laughs> my stepmom made zucchini bread. And the words together, zucchini bread for dessert, are it's disgusting what a dumb thing to call it it's like green vegetables in my bread (laughs) you should make it a lie you should actually pretty good zucchini bread's actually pretty good right i didn't eat it though because i was like i ain't this man i want a bunch of zucchini in my treats and uh my stepmom like made me eat it and the whole time i was eating it i was gagging i love zucchini bread now but i was just i think i was just gagging because i was like this got zucchini in it, right? <laughs> I was just shaking him out of the ground. <laughs> yeah, I was just being a okay. Baby. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna intervene and say that this fish, I guess, is like fermented for like 15 years. Oh in, no, I don't like I, that stuff. 
yeah, it's already it's setting you up to fail. But no, I called. I was gonna call tonight. I am quitting my job. I I put in my two weeks. Woo-hoo. I've got that vindictive. I've got that vindictive boss scheduling now. I work an insane clopin yeah. coming Monday to Tuesday. Really? <laughs> they so they went at you. They obviously went after she's you. She's not happy. Oh, that's yeah. Not she's great. not happy. That that's. I it wasn't. A, Counting back my days, it was it wasn't even a two weeks notice. It was a it was about like two and a half weeks. That's she has more nice, than enough time. That's honestly that's the that's nicer than giving like a thousand dollars to a charity. Giving two and a half weeks, <laughs> like I can't. Th- I'm like I've only ever given one week and then quit three days into the one week. I'm like I'm sorry, y'all. I'm giving you a one week notice. You know, I, the famous thing about the cable company is I took three weeks of vacation and then on the day I was supposed to come back and they had me scheduled to do jobs, I showed up and was like, I'll quit, motherfucker. I, like, I just wanted to use all that vacation real quick so you couldn't rip me off and there, steal it. There have been shifts before. I, I have a story about this place. Uh, she hired her one a family member who's like a lot younger she's a teenager who i guess two years ago she had hired before and it was a complete train wreck and i guess she didn't show up for two shifts because she comes from a really rich family and just like she's kind of spoiled she just didn't show up honestly but, you know, i find she's a teenager if i was that's, rich that's a teenager though that's what teenagers do i don't care if they're rich or not teenagers just don't show up for work like if you hire a teenager at a business like they're that that's what teenagers do. Like you take that risk. Hell, if I was rich, you know? if I was a rich teen, I mean, I don't even know why you'd get a job. But I wouldn't show up. I mean, there's no way a rich teen values money at all. You know. <laughs> well, here's the thing. She hired her again. <laughs> Fine, because I guess she was giving her a second chance. This is two years later, and I I'm working there now. This was a couple months ago that this happened. Everyone at the shift change was just twiddling their thumbs. They're like, she's not going to show up. Like, this has happened before. There were two people on a slammed Friday night, and I did not walk out. I am too nice. You are too like, nice. I, I I, don't have it in me to just drop everything. I'm like, fuck this, and just, just walk out the door. Yeah, I sucks. can't do it. And that was her fuck up, too. It sucks, too, because if you do that, you're leaving somebody really screwed. Like, somebody that might really? need their job is then now it's one person dealing with all of these people. But I can see, like, I can see wanting to do the walkout. You know, I was always, I, I never really did it myself. I never really did the walkout. That's, that to me seems a little bit, uh, I don't know. That one seems hard, but uh, like walking out, you it know, ha- it has to be really bad. It has to be really bad. And at that point I liked my coworker. I, I, I still like her. I, I like her too much to, to have done that to her. But, um, no, I'm, I'm leaving and I have, uh, yeah, just some vindictive boss scheduling going on. I don't, I don't even really know why I gave her plenty of time. Just the small business tyrant thing. I don't know, man. Well, yeah, they. I mean, you know, they want to have their last chance to just say, "I despise you" the whole time. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I I'm gonna take some guesses. She. We had a work meeting a couple weeks ago, um, and it was entirely centered around 
uh, a shitty Yelp review that we got, okay? Don't, like, don't panic She's about completely those. changing. She, like, she read one Yelp review that wasn't that great, and we had a work meeting about it, and um, she she started asking us for, like, input, because I guess what happened was one of the Co- one of my coworkers was um, telling a customer, uh, basically, don't sit there too long because uh, we close. <laughs> oh, that's fair, dude. That's so. Why would you write the bad? Re- it's like I want to go home. I have a home. I'm not like here just to serve you for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know. Oh no, we've we've stayed we've stayed up to like thirty minutes after just because she refuses to kick these people out. But anyway, she had the meeting centered around this. And the same meeting, she announces that she's going to start rolling out, like, wedding catering, which, like, can get up to, like, like, like a lot of people. It's, like, it's a small business. Brian, you've been there. Like, oh, I, I doing love that amount of catering on top of, like, serving customers. And then she she was kind of, like, testing the waters and asking for our input. She, she was asking, like, hey, well, what can we do to improve this place? I had a coworker who kind of had, like, the balls to speak up immediately got chewed out. Like, well, you're just not working hard enough. You're, you're like, you know, maybe if you guys just like stick to your stations or, you know, this and that. And it's like, we just don't have the people. We just don't have like the people to do this. So in saying that, I then go around and uh, put in my, put in my three weeks. So three she's weeks. even like more short staffed now. You're the most yeah, pretty much. It was pretty much. We're gonna take away your <laughs> millennial much, card. Uh, you should have quit in a huff because you got offended by something. Well, my job before this, my hostess job, I had some bad experiences, but just overall, I liked the the staff, and I was so nice that I gave them like a three months notice because I was like hmm. the hostess trainer. I would never do that. I would I was never like, give this, three days. This is notice. the last day. This is the last day I'm working here. You guys have plenty of time to hire enough people. Is it like one of those things I where you so want to be kind. able to go back in and not get like the mean mug from your boss? Hey, they gave me a free dessert on my birthday, and I didn't even work there anymore. So that's nice. I'd say it paid off. <laughs> yeah, it was nice of them. <laughs> Man, I, I we're gonna but miss no. you too much, Erica. We got to get you back in this. We got to get you back in the studio when we get back into town, don't we, Brett? Absolutely. We will. We will. Thanks for calling in, Erica. Yeah, of course. Have a good night, guys. You too. Where are we at, Brett? We got four more to go. It's speed round time. I. It's almost two in the morning. Right. Kindergarten is I mean, hours. Tomorrow. As far as time, where are we at? Time is two, two hours, 45 minutes. Okay, we can get these done in 15, right? We yeah. got this. Running we gun. This. Running gun. Thanks for calling Street Fire Radio. Who are we talking to? Hey, guys. This is Caleb. I called a couple of months ago. I was the guy doing the Raptor study. Oh, I love the Raptor. Are you back at the Raptors now? Or the, the It's over. It's uh, it, Winter's over. You get to do the Raptors again? Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the Boyds like to do their migrating, and they they all party down on, like, the, the peninsula that Cancun is on all winter. And they're heading, they're, they're making their way back north now, so the seal season's getting cranked back up. But I am driving around 
uh, seeing all my friends spread around the country before I start my next job. Just you know, camping out in the middle of nowhere in California. Been listening to you guys go on. And, <clears throat> yeah, solidarity to Erica. Yeah, it sucks. Because you, I can't believe she gave that much notice. Yeah, yeah that, that, that is pretty bonkers. Yeah, pretty um, uncool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll keep it quick. But, so, with with the nature of, like, this field work is, so I, I, I applied to a bunch of jobs, and I have a decent enough resume that I got a lot of interview requests and stuff. And so I interviewed with a lot of different people. I'm going to be in Wyoming working with a type of grouse species, hoping to keep brackers from moving into new area. So um, you give up. So all the people, when they're interviewing you, like you're basically signing up to be an independent contractor who is an independent contractor who, instead of loading trucks, you're studying birds. So you got to that. Pretty much, a question I got in every single interview was, do you understand that you're going to be working more than 40 hours a week and we won't be able to pay you overtime because you're going to be, like, a, a monthly salaried worker? And, yeah. Is it contract so, work? That sucks. That's what he was just saying. It was contract. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. That's fucking. Yeah, yeah, that's the uh, scam. Okay. That is um, the yeah, new scam. It used The scam used to be salary. Now it's contract is what it is. You know, actually, my my yeah. wife just my wife just lost her job, and they were like, "Well, you didn't really lose your job. We'll still pay you money. It's just going to be contract work now." Oh, so she like won't be an actual employee. Yeah, no, no four hundred one k matching, no uh, health yeah, insurance exactly. anymore. It's Fuck just. Yeah, I mean, and and that's where I think a lot of this is moving. I think, and this is what right to work means. This is like freedom and liberty. It's like I don't need anybody mm-hmm. deciding my health insurance. I'm a, I just do a contract for my labor, and it's, it just means we get less in the end. You know, we all we've just yep. been dwindling. It's just we've been dwindling so far away from having like ownership of our lives, and I, I mean, we're at this point, and I. I mean, there's no turning back. I mean, contract is the new labor contract, you know? Like, that's what everybody's mm-hmm. doing. Yeah, and it's just, you know, it's, it's just another way for the owners of capital to basically foreclose on your future, too, by being able to tow you along the line without having you become even more indispensable. Like, um, you become more disposable, sure, because they don't have to tie you along for social security and pension payments and all that kind of stuff too. And, and, and what kind of a crazy but, deal is it to say like, yeah, we're going to pay you X amount of dollars a week, but you're going to have to work an incredible amount of hours to get all the work that we want done, you know, for us to be satisfied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Just the nature of doing any type of field biology work is you have to just completely give up on the idea of having what most people would call a normal social life. Like, you're always traveling all around the country, which is cool. Traveling is awesome. I love doing it, and I love the work I do, but just, like, I, <laughs> I have to, like, 
travel around and see all my friends and like having an apartment and all that it's weird so i'm like driving around living out of my car it's a strange life i've signed up for but i yeah but Um, but you would think you would be rewarded for that though you would you feel like in the contract it would be like okay so you can't have a normal relationship with your friends you have to make a uh, uh, you had to make uh, a, a big deal out of going and visiting your friends, but you're also going to be traveling around and doing scientific research. We'll reward you for that, you know, handsomely. And that's not the case at all. No, yeah, it, yeah, it's not. Because, like, being rewarded, like, because you, you have to remember, like, what you're worth and, like, the the, the knowledge you're procuring and like the, the the regulation you're helping enforce and all that and <clears throat> being able to vouch for yourself to yeah have stuff like health insurance because i was the guy who tweeted at you guys um a couple weeks ago because i hit the road to go on this big road trip to see all my friends and like two days in i started getting like a, a nasty mouth infection and I remember, like, oh, shit, like, mouth infection. I, I, I got to go to the pet store to get some fish antibiotics. <laughs> <laughs> did they work and, out for you? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it's gone now. <laughs> that is sweet. But, yep. Yeah, doxycycline, that, that's the stuff you want. Oh, that's so Just funny. Find, yeah, it, it's, got a, it's called Finn and Body Cure. It, it's funny, and it works. Well, that's sweet. Tastes like garbage, but yeah, it works. You gotta do but, it. You gotta do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do, and you don't have life insurance. Well, <laughs> I have. I have. Oh, and one last bit. I am from Iowa, and I'm not going to be there. Which really, I'm not going to be there this summer, which sucks. But you guys go to Iowa City to hang out with Amanda. Check like a couple of cool spots around. Be like maybe look at venue wise would be the Blue Moose Tap Room or Gabe's. I think it's called Gabe's. I can't remember. A bunch of Iowa City people are screaming at me right now. But I think those two places would be worth looking at. I've done the shows there before, and it's their sick venues. All right. I'll, we'll check them out. Absolutely. And thanks for calling in. All right. Keep us posted on what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. No problem, guys. Yeah, I want to know what's I'll up with them in. big fucking birds. <laughs> Yeah, contract sucks. It's the it's the shits. It's definitely the new scam, man. It's 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 what's going on now. It's it's Yeah, I um and I you know the funny thing is is that I was talking to my wife and she was so confused about losing her job because they were like, You're brilliant and you really have a high level of skill and all this and that. You know, we just don't have any projects we can work with you on. And uh I was like, I mean, you just made too much money. You became a problem in, like, the financial department. And if they can not have to pay for your insurance and not have to match your 401K, then all of a sudden you become affordable again, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what they do. And, and uh, like, they can also squeeze whatever work they want out of you and not pay you when they don't want to pay you. They can say, we're going to pay this much for the job and... We think it's going to take this amount of hours, but we also might make it, it might end up taking you three times, two the, times. There's just not a ladder anymore. There's really just not a ladder That's anymore. That's true. 
It's gone. The ladder's completely gone. It's and if there is a ladder, it's just going. It's it's like a down escalator. No, basically. I mean you're making it yourself. I mean you do have to to pull it out of your own ass if you want a ladder. Yeah, yeah. A rope ladder, preferably, because that would come out easier than like a steel ladder. Well, I don't know. I mean, depends one, on how powerful your ass is. Yeah, but one rung at a time on a rope ladder that would be pretty impressive. Okay, okay. If someone was like just dropping out, like that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get these calls man i gotta Sorry, get home watch this yeah. wrestling i know i'm tired of shit wrestling time baby thanks for calling street fight who are we talking to oh boys i knew you liked to chew the fat but if i knew i was gonna get halfway across the street before you picked up my call i don't I, I don't know i don't know it's the big guy how you doing good how about yourself well i just i got on the phone when i was in navasota and right now I'm west of Dallas, so you guys have me all a while. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we've been going for three hours, so it's, uh, I mean, it's yeah. that's just the way it is, man. That's how the calls, that's how the calls fall. It's been a, it's been yeah, a long that's, one. That's, yeah. The show is. It's been a long one. It's been a good one, though. I think the show is. It's been, uh, been get, a good show. The call-in show is becoming very popular. We might need 20 lines now. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get you gotta get better at cutting these cutting folks off if you get this many calls in. I know you like to have people on and have them talk your ear off, but you know sometimes you like. gotta be rude. We, you know, we I don't like to be rude. I, we like to get we like everybody to get out what they want to get out. It's a it's a chill session. If we don't get every, I mean, basically the thing is now is like if we don't get everybody in, we just don't get everybody in. We only took four calls last week, so it's kind of it's whatever's happening. So what's going on tonight, big guy? I gotta get home and watch wrestling. So let let's let's yeah, let's, I'm gonna be let's quick. Do this. All right, so you know. I called in really drunk last time. I like to call in sober afterwards, and I missed I missed a couple weeks ago because I got kicked out of the house. Uh, I'm back in the house, but I missed last week because I was watching the Orc Cop movie, and I'm sorry about that. Uh, if you guys needed callers, I, I should have been there, but I was busy watching Orc Cop. It was good. Uh, I recommend it. Watch Orc Cop. Right, yeah, I'll watch. okay. That's the first recommendation I've heard for it. Yeah, people have said we want you guys to watch yeah. it so you can shit on it. We we're not big on shitting on movies. Well, though. well, okay, it, it is a movie about how uh, cops are are good sometimes, actually, uh, and they're not. But there is a scene where Will Smith shoots four cops, and it's actually a really good scene to watch. <laughs> it's a really good scene to watch. Will Smith shoot four cops. That's... Uh, get a big pop. Well, uh, it, 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 yeah, if if y'all want, I can tell you all my crime story. I've committed a lot of crime recently, and uh, I'll be real quick and tell a couple crimes. You want to hear some crime? Now that I do want to hear. We love crime. Don't incriminate yourself. Right. Don't get yourself thrown all in right. jail. No, tale of two crimes. No, someone who isn't me did these, so don't worry about it, guys. Um. First off, uh, uh, Friday night, um, I was just kind of moseying around in South Fort Worth, represent, and I picked up some guy. This was the sketchiest thing I've ever done. I just picked up some guy, and we smoked a blunt in my car. Uh, never met him before. It was really, really dope. We're sitting there in the gas station. I'm rolling this blunt. The cops, cops 
pull up in the gas station and get the fuck out of their car and then go harass some other people. So it was, like, really scary, but I pulled it off, and uh, that was kind of, that was my first crime. And then my second crime was I was visiting my girlfriend this weekend, and uh, we wanted to go into a really nice liquor store. She's not legal, uh, or she's not 21. Sorry, don't get any wrong ideas, folks. We're really young. I am 21. And uh, the way I snuck her in there was we went to a fake jewelry store and bought uh, fake engagement rings and wore them in the store. And when they carted us, we just told them we were married and they let it go. It was, <laughs> it was the slickest, slickest maneuver I've ever pulled. That's such a um, good answer. Uh, well, can I see your ID? We're married. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, married. Yeah, I was like, you gotta get married young. Own. You gotta be, you gotta be over. You gotta be drinking age to get married, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I I showed him my ID and she showed her hers, and the guy was like, "Oh, I can't sell to you. She's too young." And I was like, "No, we're married." Oh, and he was like, oh okay. Yes, and, I yeah. love it. Oh my god, yeah, I'm buying it for my wife. Marry all your wife. friends. Yeah, I'm, I'm marrying all my friends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got these rings for like ten bucks. So, I mean, it was a good investment. Now we can like do all sorts of shit. Uh, it was great fun, and uh, yeah, I had a great weekend. And uh, just uh, thought I'd tell you about my crimes. Well, thanks. Thanks. We love so, your crimes. We always love your crimes, big guy. Sorry, we're sorry we're at the end of the rope here, man. I would have liked to have spent more time with. Nah, you. No, it's good. <laughs> nah, it's good. Y'all get y'all y'all get plenty of me in uh, knowledge. Yeah, we'll be we'll be in New Orleans. Uh, real, real quick, follow me on Twitter as big as your dad, representing the radical red republic of Texas, all the way from H Town to Big D. Fucking represent East Berry, wrong side of the track squad, uh, solidarity with West Texas. Uh, fucking see staff to shithole. All right, see you later, get big. See you in New Orleans, big guy. Yep. And let's see who's on the phone here next. Thanks for calling Street Fire Radio. Who are we talking to? Uh oh, we lost no. you. Uh oh, SpaghettiOs. Oh no. Pull this it back is the around. Worst thing. This is the worst thing. It. That hey, can oh, oh uh, there you I'm are. Here, I'm here. I love it. I love Sorry, it when somebody I was on my phone. Yeah. gets in there and you're like, we're both like, I'm panicking now. <laughs> What's going on tonight? Who's this? <laughs> Sorry about that. Hey, this is Adam in Tacoma. What's up, Adam? How you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. Hey, so uh, just a little two weeks notice story here, and uh, then I just wanted to talk about like research chemicals and bad over the counter drugs and shit. Nice. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I just put in my two weeks at uh, my terrible job. Uh, it's fucking terrible. I work at this uh, god-awful, like, honky-tonk bar with a mechanical bowl where, like, troops come and fucking line dance and stuff. It's the worst place in the world. <laughs> that doesn't sound like Sounds a fun. job for a Street Fight listener would have it the whole ton of fun at. No, nah, man. But, it, you know, like, I'm in Washington, so, you know, minimum wage is good. and I make, like, 16 an hour, so it is what it is. And uh, Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I guess I, I couldn't so complain I about that. Yeah, it is what it is. But place sucks, food sucks, I'm not proud of what I do. And, uh, you know, uh, so I found a good job at a good restaurant that that's opening up. It's going to pay me more. 
Family Health Insurance. Uh, they have like a 401k match after like a year. Like, this is a fucking restaurant. Like, you guys do know you can just be like, hey, here's minimum wage and a free meal at the end of your shift. Like, <laughs> yeah, they... like these dudes don't know what they're doing, but that's cool. I'll, I'll definitely profit off of that. <laughs> okay. Uh, what, what research is, are you talking about the research? Chem- people always tell us we should try research chemicals. Uh, is that, is it the, is, oh, are you talking about good no. stuff? That's basalts. Uh, no, not really. They're, they're like, they were like, ah, you know, I haven't really messed with them in like probably like five, six years, honestly. But like back in the early days of the internet, it's when you could just like get like wild stuff like pills, like 2CI or like DMT, like, uh, like uh, analogs and stuff like that, like 5-MeO-AMT, I think was a big one back when I was buying random pills off of people on the internet. <laughs> and uh, they were all like, they all just like left you feeling like super sketchy, like super like itchy and like sort of like vaguely hallucinating. They were all really miserable. I was just wondering if you guys had any experience with uh, like 2CI, I think was kind of a big one. I, I, I've done the Coruscant gimmick. You know what I mean? Like where you just go buy a bunch of seed and pound it. I mean, it's a miserable. I never did any of the research chemicals, but I did a lot of the -the over-the-counter sorts of things. I've done some of the bath salts, which which were research chemicals to me were bath salts. Most of the people were buying these weird powders that they could snort. I don't remember the names of any of it. I never got that too far into it, but I did when people had them. Uh, I did partake and I never found any of that. I found I, I, for the most part, they did make me feel like um, they didn't get me high in the way that I wanted to. I just felt like I was going to be high and I was doing drugs, but I never really got to that state where I was like happy about it. And then I would just feel miserable afterwards. For sure. That was, that's basically been my experience. Or like, that's why. Yeah, like, like the, the speed stuff, even uh, like trucker speed stuff just made me like really sick to my stomach and didn't even do anything cool. Like there was nothing about it that I liked. Yeah. I love speed in all forms. <laughs> For sure, yeah, trucker speed. The, 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 the only thing truck I remember about my trucker speed experience was I was like, man, I'm really good at breathing after taking this. Like it felt <laughs> like my lungs were humongous. And yeah. I was really awake, but... <laughs> I really a, a, not a pleasant experience. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no. So uh, I mean, the only thing that ever really got me super spun off of over the counter was I did like a um, a DMT extraction from like our God. This is like 15 years ago, and like an infinite amount of drugs ago. So this might be totally wrong, but there were these Hawaiian baby woodrose seeds that you could like extract something like DMT or a DMT analog from. Um, and I did an extraction with that and it made me incredibly sick. Like, just like, you know, like you hear about like how sick peyote makes people. It made me like that sick, like, like exorcist sick. But I really, it really spun me out of my fucking mind. Like, oh, you also tripped though? Oh, really? Like, I don't like, I think I'm like the information I got off the internet was like super bad about like dosage levels. Cause it was, it was nightmarish, man. It was like full ego death like spun out of my mind but combined you know combine a psychedelic experience you know with uh being that sick like it's just not a pleasant a pleasant thing yeah not worth it but uh it was intense 
Yeah, that's what I think about a lot of these like research chemicals. Is that I mean, I think cocaine and if maybe we had some sort of organic cocaine, that would just probably be better than having people try out all of these these things, these powders that you know aren't against the law. For sure. No, that's why um, cot has always really interested me. I've tried that uh, actually because of yeah. Yeah, there's a a guy that I a guy that I it I mean it was it's I don't know it, it's the same thing I've said about cocaine and stuff it's strong it just it's speed it just you know it gets you moving I it, you have to do a lot of it you have to chew a decent amount of it to to really get the effects and uh, I I don't know man it's a lot of work I I guess if it was like part of if it was part of like my growing up if it was something that had been around my whole life it would be. Uh, a bigger deal it would have been maybe a bigger deal to me but i i didn't i didn't enjoy it very much at all like i i just kind of was like eh, i don't know, dude like 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 brett said i just rather do some cocaine really than than any of these things kratom though ended up working out yeah. so i can't really be totally turned off by any of it you know no i mean i think they're out there no. there's some good ones out there but they like the ones the I synthetic think, yeah. ones are i i mean I've read about some of those research chemicals that, you know, uh, maybe a, a certain state got a hold of the majority of the the inventory on one and it ended up like fucking up their whole, you know, circumstances. People are addicted or people are having hallucinations and, and all these circumstances are arising just because they can't get the drugs that they probably want to get. For sure. Because they, sure. they have to buy drugs from waterbeds and stuff. <laughs> I think that's a local thing, but it is oh, yeah. such a cool local thing that I would never criticize you for using it. It's, yeah, in town we have a place called Waterbeds and stuff, and like that, they literally got started back in the seventies with like beaded curtains and black lights and waterbeds, and they also sold bongs and sex toys. Now they just sell stuff, and now it's oh, just so called beds stuff, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, they're just the stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all right well thank you guys so much uh i'll let you get on to the your last couple calls here but yeah, yeah. one more thanks to go for calling. thanks for one calling more to go let's wrap it up thanks for calling thank you for calling street fire radio who Hello? are we talking to hi uh this is uh matt from central florida what's up how's it going in florida tonight uh it is nice and warm uh i do not envy the winter conditions that I've been seeing in the weather for some of you guys uh, further up north. Yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, it's kind of crummy, but you know, what are you going to do? We're used to it. We can we can handle it. Well, I, I'm seasoned from being a cable guy, so I don't feel cold the same way as other people. It's dragging on, but uh, we're surviving. We're powerful people. What's going on tonight? We're mighty men. Uh, not too much. Um, I've been enjoying the show, and uh, especially the last couple of calls. Um, I like that uh, the last caller mentioned research chemicals because actually the first time I ever tripped was on 2CI, which was something that was mentioned. And I actually had a very good time. It was very it was very similar to something like you'd have with mushrooms or LSD. Interesting. How did you how did you ingest it? <laughs> Dude, Brett has looked tired for an hour and then you said I had a really good experience and he's so perked up. Oh, whoa, oh really? <laughs> How do you take it? Uh, so, I mean, I guess it depends how you get it. Um, somehow a friend had 
you know, procured some homemade, like, you know, those little, like, refillable medicine pills that you can uh, put whatever you need into? Yeah, like the gel, uh, just the gel caps. Some of those. Buy. Yeah. Yeah, pre-portioned out. So, you know, I, and also I knew people who had enjoyed them, so it was definitely what we thought it was or something similar. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, it was a really interesting time and it was something that was very um among all the things i've done uh the most synesthesia was with that and i don't know if it was just because it was the first time or if it was that particular batch or maybe it was indeed this 2ci you know the unique properties but yeah it was had you tripped had you tripped before it one time i'd had like salvia but you salvia's know, not tripping. I feel like that's a different kind of category. Yeah, salvia's not tripping. I think that there's, I mean, in hallucinogens, when I think of mushrooms and molly and LSD and DMT and, like, they, there's, like, a spectrum of, like, intensity that, like, starts with marijuana at the bottom and then it, you know, just keeps ratcheting up. Um, so I'm wondering if it's just the first time you experienced having, like, all of your senses plugged into each other, or if it's something unique to it? I mean, it it definitely was something that seemed to come back with some of the more, like, the stronger experiences with other things later. Okay. So I I do think it might have been, there was probably something to what I had that night, but um, but I also think there's that high-quality hallucinogen, though. Certainly did the trick. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I got to try it now. Uh, it's illegal. It it's is. Schedule one. It's a lot harder to do, to find, I suppose, than it, than it used to be. I mean, it, it's still something I hear about, but it's it's not really something. I, I've had enough fun. I, I don't really want to have to hang out with that party crowd. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm past it at this point. Sure. I know that feeling. That's interesting though. I'm reading about it. It's short acting. How, how long was the, uh, how long was the trip? It was probably like six to eight hours. I mean, it, oh, it's hard cool. to say cause we weren't really keeping close track of like, okay, here's, here's when we started. Here's what, you know, like we didn't really have what we needed to reconstruct when it really, you know, hit us. Yeah, but um, but yeah, we were we were like playing uh, oh what's it called Super Smash Brothers, and then it, at some point during the the process, it just totally you know all at once we were just like what is going on anymore? <laughs> yeah, yeah, where are we? We're that, all floating through space. That, it does. It says depending on how much or how recently the user has eaten, oral two CI takes between forty five and seventy five minutes to take effect. On a full stomach, onset can be considerably slower. Duration, the primary effects of 2CI last approximately five to eight hours when taken orally. Visuals, they don't have they don't have the visual effects. There's not a ton of people explaining like what it does. And Arrowhead is not, it, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of people doing it. it I, I don't know where you would even get it. And you probably have to make it yourself. Here, I'll look That's- up how to make it. My understanding was that there were some labs that were doing research in Canada and the laws were different for a short period of time early in the Internet. And so it was kind of a perfect storm of availability and unmonitored Internet activity. Right, right. Okay, okay. Like 04, something like that. People were just, you know, buying whatever on the Internet and they didn't really, you know, there didn't need to be a Silk Road maybe. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, that's probably what it is. These research chemicals, they get them real quick, it seems like. Because people have, people have contacted me a few times and like, well, if you want to... Well, if you want to try some more of this legal stuff, there's all these research chemicals. And then I look and by the time it's even time to like the, the way that you buy them is super shady and weird. Like you're on three different websites doing different Bitcoin transfers and stuff. And it's like, eh, I don't know, man, <laughs> I'll try and get some acid or something like that. Yeah, it, it's I'm I'm on the same page pretty much. You still tripping these days? Not really. It's I don't know. It's it's something that I would definitely not turn down, but I rarely have the the time. You know, it's it's just something like I want to control the experience quite a yeah. lot, and so it's hard to find a place where I can have that much time and control the experience. Yeah, dude. But I'm not opposed to it. It's just I'm with yeah. you, man. We've had like some mushrooms, some molly, some acid, just like rotting away in the basement because we can't get like a solid twelve hours. To just do crazy shit. Yeah, without the kid popping in the room and stuff like that. It's just, we have to wait still. It's crazy. Do you try to, like, uh, go into nature or go, like, to the city? Like, what what do you, where do you try to go? I like going, I like hanging around. Mine. I actually like hanging around my neighborhood. It's, it's like a... It's the city, but it's kind of a, a suburban enclave in in the city, and it, it's like there's a lot of nat- there's more nature there than a lot of places, and I I feel more comfortable because my house is close to there. Well, yeah, that's true, and also you can walk down like the big main street area and look at the people eating all their food and be like. These people are like just trapped in a cycle of consumerism, man. <laughs> Dude, my you can, neighborhood like, is judge the shit out of them. <laughs> my, my neighborhood has like the most perfect thing because on the main street, one side of the street, there's nothing that's like you know a bunch of businesses that like offices and shit like that, and then the other side of the street is restaurants. And you walk by. I walked by with uh, Brett's wife tripping one time, and the whole time we were talking is like. These people are, like, just grazing on this food like a bunch of cows, man. Like, they're not even, like, engaging with the world. And you're so far away. You feel a million miles away from them because they're across a street from you. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm a big – I love mushrooms. Yeah, I, I, I think love it's outside. I hate we, – we did a, we did some uh, – we tripped in Brian's house, and it wasn't my favorite. I got to say, I don't like being inside. It fucking sucks, man. It feels like everything is limited because there's a ceiling above you, and it's kind of fun if you're by yourself because you can really tweak your – like freak yourself out. Um, but as far as like chilling, you got to be outside. Yeah, we, I, I, we're definitely waiting to, but like, I just, I don't even have to be outside. I, it has to be warm outside. So I can go out there. The, when we did it in my house, it was freezing outside. So it was like the possibility of going outside was, it was crazy. There. We opened the door and it was like a winter tundra outside. And then we were daring each other to go out as far as they could. Yeah. Oh, I would, I would be very tempted to like just bundle up and go for a walk on the moon you know it's just not it, it, we it, hate it, being cold it snatched you up man that cold was cold <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't know <laughs> all right well thanks for calling in and being our last caller thanks for having me all right yeah. see, you, see uh, you later cheers have a good night you too
Thanks for listening to Street Fire Radio. We do this every single week, two times a week. You can get us at streetfireradio.com. Uh, there's links to everything that we do. You can find us on all the podcasting apps, as, as always. And you can support us and get an extra show by going to patreon.com slash streetfireradio. And, you know, uh, a lot of the other podcasts out there are offering their bonus shows for $5 a month. You don't have to pay just $1 a month for the Street Fight bonus shows. If you're willing to pay, if you think we have, we're doing $5 a month worth of bonus shows, re-sign up for that $5 uh, a month reward. Uh, my wife just lost her job, so I'm going to be in a desperate situation very soon. The, the, the casino is looking like a good option, which is probably a bad idea. So if you want to help a, um, a young man not lose his life and his family, uh, one thing you could do is uh, donate to the Patreon. They, uh, we also are going to be performing live this Friday, March 30th in New York City. We'll be in New Orleans on April 7th at the Circle Bar. And if you want CBD and Kratom products, like every single great radio giant, we offer um, unregulated uh, unregulated supplements like CBD and Kratom over at stores.streetfightradio.com. We'll see you later this week. Peace. Oh, <laughs>